Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to Slamfire Radio. This is episode 173 for September 22nd, 2016. I am one of your hosts, Adriel the Hunting Gear Guy, me show. I'm another one, Trevor Froat. And I'm another one, Matthew McClatchy. And I'm another one, Kelly Lynn. Well done, everybody. Wow. Good take three, Adriel. We all remembered our names and in the right order. Yeah. And Adriel had just the right amount. Well, you could say his amount of energy in that intro was was, was what, Matthew? It was probably perfect. It was probably perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Perfectly perfect. Matthew, did you have a perfect week in guns? It was perfect. You couldn't imagine how perfect it was. <laughs> and everything. It was perfect and everything, right, Kelly? And everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. So is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so Trevor and I went to Woodstock. Last and often. And, well, I was going to... Sorry, it's your thing, not my thing. No, you, you do it. No. No, I'm done. Uh-uh. <laughs> so Trevor... Okay, actually, you're right, Trevor. So Trevor and Jason and Pat and Sean? Sean no. who? We had a Sean? There was no, no Sean. What's his name? Um, Oh, Stefan. Stefan. I knew Stephane. it started yeah, with an S. French, French one, French two, French three. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, Stefan. Stefan, Sean. They, they, look, they even rhyme. Yeah, sort of. Sean. What? They start with an S. They, they do. Yeah. Sorry, Stefan, if you're listening. You probably doesn't listen, though, so it's okay. I don't think he knows. No. Pro- probably not. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry, but don't listen to episode 173, Stefan, if you're listening. <laughs> Dang it. Too late. <laughs> Anyhow, Trevor Stefan. Uh, Jason and Pat all came to Woodstock, and I was already there, because other reasons that are not important, I was already there. And anyway, there was a match on Sunday at the Woodstock uh, gun club there, and it was a lot of fun. They uh, had just finished putting on a black badge course, and uh, put together a match as well, and I think we ended up with, what, 16 shooters? Yeah, something like that. It was up there anyway. Um, uh, big shout out to Wayne Burt. He was saying that it was one of the biggest matches they've had in a long time. Yeah, and he was very. This is the this point. is the yeah. first time they had two squads. They've always ever just <laughs> shot one squad before. Well, so didn't, didn't we have a couple of big ones back when you and I were teaching black bass down there with Owen and Dave? Yeah, but there was never two squads. We only no? ever no. Okay. No, because back in so, those days it was one berm. And how so many we of all the shot. yeah really how many of the shooters were students? Half. <laughs> so you guys just show up just to trash the newbies? Basically, and we did. <laughs> Man, you guys suck. Yeah, you guys are terrible. What you, you should practice more. What is this, like your first match or something? Oh, wait. <laughs> it, it is. is. You smell that? That's newbie. <laughs> well, fortunately, they put all of the students on squad one. Well, yeah, why is that, Matthew? I, I don't know. Yeah, you know. So, Matthew, I, do you want to take the new guys? <laughs> Matthew wasn't even going to go to this match. He's like, I don't think so, Trevor. It's going to rain. And then I was like, And I then I was like, Oh, and I've got strep throat. I had strep throat. And I'm like, Grow a pair. Come on. Yeah, what are basically. You doing? And so be- it's only because I was already there. I had to drop Jewel off at the airport the, 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 that morning. 
and so on my way home from Fredericton, I was driving right through Woodstock, so I figured, what the heck, I might as well stay. If I die, I'll die happy. Yeah, whatever. Things I'll be happen. Arraigned. Yeah. <laughs> so he's there like two minutes, and the match director comes over to him. He's like, how would you How would you like to take the new guy squad? He's <laughs> like, uh, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I was like, I'm here to shoot with Trevor. Uh, I'm going to be on Trevor's squad. Oh, but we need another RO. You know, uh, this guy, guy over there, he's an RO. This guy's an RO. He could go over there. Oh, you're right. He is an RO. And so he sent him over instead of me. So oh, it was great. It was his idea. Yeah, it was, it was good. So anyway, it was a well, fun it- match. If you squad all the newbies together, wouldn't like wouldn't your squad be done and just be sitting around like we, half the time waiting yes. for the other guys to get off that, the stages? That happened. Mm-hmm. Did it? Did it happen? Well, we left a lot sooner than they did. Oh yeah. Well, but actually, they started well, off on the the short stages. They actually did catch up to us. And, and also, then, Adriel, the the Black Badge squad is usually paired up with the Black Badge instructor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do well. I, I I can't speak to how they do it, but I know when we take the Black Badge squad through. Everything is to the letter of the law, and everything is 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 done slow, and there's a lot of explaining and teaching going on. Yeah, uh, very methodical to make sure that nobody screws up and that everybody learns a bunch of stuff. We yeah. teach them how to patch and all that other stuff too. How to call targets, how to yeah. question targets when they're called, and yep. yeah. So, so we didn't want to get stuck with that. We do that on our own. <laughs> no, yeah. Not that we don't mind helping, but yeah, they already had an instructor. So and Mike is a good instructor too. So absolutely, they were in, they were in excellent hands. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, it was a really good match. Uh, the, it was uh, not uh, as complicated as uh, some of the matches that we're accustomed to, I guess. But I mean, we were expecting that because it was a, a black badge match, basically. I mean, it was still a, a legitimate level two, and there were some definite challenges. I think the only challenge that we didn't really get, there, there wasn't a whole lot of long-distance shooting. There was one stage, I guess, with some long-distance shooting. And and by long-distance, I mean, what, 10 yards? Yeah, 10, 12. I mean, we kind of chose to make it long-distance based on how we shot it. Oh, well, um, even even when we shot that one on its own. It was yeah, from, from that fault line, that one. Yeah. Was, that's the one I was thinking of. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, and when we incorporated it into the next stage, too, there was the, you know, it was... You know, like you said, 10, 12 yards, which isn't that long, long enough. But the rest of it was basically who can run the fastest and shoot the fastest is what it kind of ended up being. But it was it was still a lot of fun. I like those types of matches because I shoot pretty fast and I run pretty fast. Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty good balance. There was some movement. There was some movement. There was yep. some close targets. There were some distance targets. There was some steel. There were some movers. Yeah, that's true. There was, there was a swinger and there was some steel. That's right. Low ports. Doors yep. to open. Oh yeah, you love those door, those low ports, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, I love yeah. when I run by them. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Wait a second, <laughs> I was supposed to shoot those guys. And I put on the backup lights. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, it was, I had a lot of fun, um, and like I said, Trevor was there too. And Trevor, what were what were you shooting when at this I'll come, match? I'll come to it. Don't worry. Well, I, 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 we could probably just start transitioning into you now, and so I'm just going to ask you some questions about that, and we'll just oh, sort you're of transition. Interview to... me about my performance. Yeah. So, okay. so go ahead. How 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 was the match? The match was good. Thank good. you for asking. Yeah. Okay. And what gun did you shoot? <laughs> I shot. I shot my Trojan. Your Trojan, and what is the Trojan exactly? What kind of model? It's a gun single stack nine millimeter. Right. And re- modeling what? Resembling a. Single action, um, <laughs> designed designed by uh, STI. STI, who copied? Um, Come on, uh, you can do this. I'm not sure I can wiggle out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> I shot in the classic division. 
So John Moses Browning. Who? Never John heard. Moses Browning, yeah. Designed the 1911. Yes, the so genius were... that he was. <laughs> no, how'd that, how'd that genius design work out for you? Well, t- let's talk about the very first stage. The, <laughs> the very first, first stage, The second round. The second the shot. Let's talk about that second shot. First what happened step. when you pressed that trigger the second time? It went click. Click. <laughs> ah, click. <laughs> so, and, and how many of us burst out laughing? <laughs> how many people were there? Everybody. <laughs> well, the next county started to laugh. Uh, it was pretty funny, but Trevor took it in stride and fixed it, and you did end up winning, right? Yeah, I did end up winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I basically I threw the stage away by dumping a mag into that last target. Yes, you did, but that's okay. I mean, you had fun doing it. And it was it was it the 1911 design problem? Nope. Nope. It, what it was, was the What was the issue there? So what I did was, as everyone knows, I suffer from a condition called Hobbit thumbeth, and um, these little Hobbit thumbs do not allow me to hit the mag catch on most pistols, modern or ancient, like the 1911. <laughs> So what I've had to do is put extended um, mag catch buttons on, which kind of sweep back towards my hand so that I can reach with my thumb easier. But in this case, I, I took it a step further. Dawson Precision makes an extended mag button that takes the or mag, an extended mag release, which actually extends out away from the frame. So the button or the catch comes out away from the frame, and then the extended button sweeps back towards your hand. Uh, ended up being too extended, and what would happen is when I would bring my support hand to the gun, my palm would smack the button and smack it just enough to let the mag drop a little bit. Not all the way out of the gun, just a little bit. So i take the first shot, and then uh, nothing would happen. Uh, it would cycle, and I'd pull the trigger, and the hammer would fall on an empty chamber. So it was just a quick tap rack to uh, to solve the problem. And then that was on Sunday, Monday morning. I ordered the regular size magazine release that's threaded for the extended button. So it's essentially now what I was running on my 2011 setup, and which is which is going to be fine because that's what yeah. you're used to. And so you're you know you'll do your standard break the grip, drop the mag, reacquire. I mean it's not that big a deal. You're pretty good at it. Yeah. So you're right. I mean it's just it's just so automatic that I break the grip the same time I hit the button. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to break the grip quite as much with this extended thing on there but it just wasn't working i mean you can't be done you know and once we realized it happened twice yep once we realized what it was it stopped happening yeah because i was a little bit more careful so it didn't after that the i adjusted my grip and the gun ran flawlessly for the rest of the match yep so yeah no it worked really well it's uh it's too bad you canceled the 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 match this weekend because i would have come over and shot it in the match yeah uh, well i'll come over the next time it's not a big deal well, yeah. It's not like the gun's going anywhere. Oh, wait, you're probably going to sell it. No, I'm not. <laughs> i got to keep it until at least Lorette goes to uh, Worlds. Oh, okay. Because uh, you might need to borrow it. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even Well, and it, I was challenged. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Chris Babes, uh, Chris Babes listening to the show. He was on Canadian Reload Radio back in the day for having cops called to his house for his kids playing with water guns out on the street and stuff, and the um, production shooter from Ontario that switched over to Classic, and he has challenged me. He says he's going to destroy me. If I stay in Classic, he will destroy me at this year's Nationals. So I asked him to define destroy, and he says anything more than 8% he considers destroyed. So I went back and I looked at our, res- at our results from SummerSlam, and mm-hmm. I looked at our results from Nationals, 
And uh, if you just look at like total points and time and stuff, uh, he hasn't destroyed me yet. So I know I was shooting standard. He was shooting a little 9mm classic gun, which is a lot harder to shoot than a standard gun. Trust me, because I've shot a button. Wait, no. <laughs> yeah. So I... Uh, well, you definitely destroyed Paul then. Well, Paul wasn't open. <laughs> oh, he that's right. Paul won. That's yeah. right, because he posted on his Facebook page. He says, so I won the match. I came in first, and I wrote right underneath, like, seconds later, you also lost. <laughs> oh, that's <neat>. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? Like, you were the only one. You're first and last. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, he's a cool guy, though. I, I enjoyed yeah, shooting cool with guy. him. I've, I've talked to him quite a bit, taxied with him and stuff, but I've never actually met him in person, so it was cool to meet him in person. So shout out to Paul. This was probably my third or fourth time meeting him now. Paul yeah. is the uh, Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights uh, Field Officer Coordinator for either New Brunswick or actually all of Atlantic Canada, and he's very active. He's getting more done in the province here as far as getting out and networking than I am, so uh, we're very lucky to have him as part of the uh, the CCFR. Yeah. As you saw, he had both he, his hat on and his shirt. And his shirt, yeah, and, and we're very thankful that he was wearing his shirt. Yep. Just any shirt, really. <laughs> any shirt, yeah. yeah. And his grandson was there. His grandson's name is Hunter, which is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Hunter. And he was, I mean, Hunter was out there patching targets. He's and calling the scores. He knew what he was. Score. Yeah, he was calling, he was, he was yeah. scoring targets for us. Yeah, he's like 12, 12, he's 12, turning 13. Cause I asked, you know, when's he going to get an Ipsic? So yeah. he's going to start training him on a BB gun and then move his way up to a 22 and so on, get the commands down and the movement and the safety and stuff. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and he's out there patching targets, and I'm coming over to call them, and he's telling me what what I, what they are before I get there. Yeah, and you're and like, yeah, yeah you're he was right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is an alpha trailer. Good for you, Hunter. So, so yeah. So anyway, um, the Woodstock match, it was fun. Uh, there was only two of us in classic, and I won only by, um, well, it, I would have preferred the margin be larger, but I did goof up a couple of stages. So. Yeah, you did. Yeah. What uh, was my margin again? Oh, geez, you were three percent over three. Were you? Huh? No, 10? I was like I was like nine or ten. Nine or ten, and I was like nine or no, I was, I was seven maybe. Yeah, I was seven, and you were nine. Okay, so I destroyed somebody, but you didn't. Correct. According to Chris. According to Chris, by just, Chris Babe standards, right? I did just not destroy my opponent. Just making sure that we have. I mean, now we have a standard. We yes. didn't have a standard before, but now we know it's eight percent. Babe has established a standard. So now that we know it's eight percent, we we can figure out. Yeah. I don't know how you come up with a random number like eight. I would have thought it would have been like you know ten. No, it's eight. It's definitely eight. Yeah, it's the sales tax in Ontario, I guess. I don't know. Or, or it's the capacity of a major. Oh, a major nineteen eleven. Major standard or major classic gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. That's uh, probably what it is because that is you know if you get shot with one of those, you're going to be destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Look yeah. at the logic all falling into pieces. No wait, <laughs> falling two pieces. I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> So after the match, I ordered some parts for the gun. Um, it's the the gun is now you know quote unquote finished. Um, I'm not changing out the trigger group as I said before. So ambidextrous safeties arrived, and I fitted my first 1911 safeties. Like there are very few 1911 parts that are drop in. There's no mill spec. It's not like a Glock. Um, so safeties are one of the parts that have to be fitted to a 1911. So I was originally going to send this thing to Andy Shan, and he was going to do some work to it, and then I did that work, and then I was going to send it to him to fit the safeties, and then I fitted the safeties. So can't learn to do it by sending it away to somebody else. Uh, I didn't want to mess them up because they are safeties. It's pretty important. So I went to YouTube University and checked out a couple of different videos, and um, in the end, they were not complicated or difficult to fit once you know 
how the parts need to be mated together. You just simply file on where the safety stops the sear from disengaging the hammer. And, and uh, yeah, it worked out really, really well. It wasn't very complicated. And as a result, I ended up over at Kingston, so I was working on a couple of his 1911s. So uh, now you've gone, you're have you now the 1911 expert in the area. Apparently. All right. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you've always loved the 1911, right? Like, it's it's just a natural that you would kind of gravitate towards it. And and become, like, um, you know, uh, experienced in working on it. Right. Yeah. No. Totally become makes the sense. 1911 whisperer. Yeah. There you go. go. The... <laughs> Leading 1911 gunsmith in Canada. <laughs> You'll always be in work. Yeah, exactly. That's true. It's not like you're, you know, not like you're a Glock gunsmith. I mean, those guys never get work. No. Well, you know what there is a need for in this country though is somebody who works on revolvers. There's like eight or nine guys in Canada that shoot revolver and they can't get anybody to work on them. <laughs> I'll work on it. I can't guarantee it'll work after, but I'll work on exactly. it. Exactly. It's like so. finding a blacksmith. It's really hard these days too. We I know a blacksmith. Yeah. Gonna say we know one. So, so the um, I ordered the parts on Monday. Ordered the new, uh, I knew Magwell. I had one on there that uh, I got from um, St- uh, Stephen Casey. You're putting a Magwell on it? Yeah. Well, it already had a Magwell on it, but it was aluminum color. So but isn't want... it classic? Di- it is classic division, right? Yep. So the Magwell has to be <laughs> less than 35 millimeters. So this Magwell. Oh, because the 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 troops back in World War II only put 35 millimeter Magwells on theirs. That's right. Correct. I remember now. Correct. Is yes. that a classic looking Magwell that you're putting in? <laughs> it actually looks better than what was on there. Yes, because it's black <laughs> and everything on the gun is black. It's low profile. The only thing is that it comes out in the front, and that kind of gives it away. The now I've kept now same with my safeties. Lorette put on a big set of uh, double tap sport safeties that are really large, really extended, really shiny. They're they're like uh, brushed stainless, and they really stick out. What I like about what I like about my classic gun is although it has some extended features, they're low profile because the entire gun is black. I like black. My Glocks are black. You know, I like black guns, and so all the all the aftermarket parts I put on this gun are black. The safeties that I put on it, yes, they're ambidextrous, but they're they're low profile. My thumb fits them, no problem, so I didn't feel the need for the big extended ones. So I went with STI, ambidextrous safeties, not the big honking ones that stick out. The grips are black, so it doesn't look flashly. The mag button is black. The magwell I went with is black, low profile, and I went with the aluminum uh, arched mainspring. When I started shooting 2011, it had a uh, my 2011 had an arched mainspring. And if you're a Glock shooter or a Tanfoglio shooter, the mainspring is the grip angle on a Tanfoglio is very similar to that of a 1911, but it has a built-in arch mainspring. So I thought, since my 2011 had an arch mainspring, I would try one on this gun, and it immediately fits my hand better. It forces your hand up into the beaver tail more easily and naturally. So nice. I put all the things on here, but it still looks like a 1911 because nothing is blingy or flashy. There's no, you know, anodized blue flat trigger or anything like that sure so but 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 that is all allowed though right to have the shiny and absolutely and, and so what's left that's actually classic in the classic division <clears throat> um they, single stack mags is that basically it uh no rail dust cover in oh canada, makes sense you're in right canada, in canada you're actually allowed a bull barrel in your class <laughs> <laughs> over in the states in uspsa um Ipsic allows, so Ipsic is global, of course. So in Ipsic, you're allowed a bull barrel in the classic division, and you're allowed lightning slide cuts, but you're not allowed to go through the slide. 
like my limited <laughs> custom has holes through the slide to lighten it and speed because it again the allied forces would only file halfway through theirs well exactly where they the, didn't want to weaken it right that's so, right yeah yeah well, the only when it thing comes to your uh your mainstream uh mainspring cover there uh, on the back yeah uh did you get one that has the the little lanyard hook at the bottom or did you go with like a qd mount for your lanyard the where the lanyard hook should be is where the <laughs> screw goes to mount the magwell jerk face <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the only thing that that's Matthew pretty much in in Ipsic is that they do not allow full length dust covers or rail dust covers. And USDSA at least said if it's going to no be a, a 1911, it's got to be a uh, it's got to have a barrel bushing. Right. So uh, it just cracks me up at how non-classic classic is. I know. I know, but, but when we had okay. the boys on to discuss the classic division, I said if I shot classic, I would go with a nine millimeter and trick it out. Yeah. And this is completely and, tricked out. Oh yeah, it just doesn't look like it's completely tricked out, and it does look nice. It's a sharp looking gun. Yeah, especially now with the black magwell, everything's yeah. black. Black. Just because it's black doesn't mean it's polymer. Well, no, but it's, uh, <laughs> at least it's black, right? At least it's black. So, <laughs> uh, sorry, it's satin blued. Oh well, now Lati da exactly. <laughs> so then, um, I when I my last order that came in with the Magwell and the AMB safeties and whatnot, um, I got some extra springs. I wanted to have some spare some spare springs and some spare pins because I don't have any um, spare parts. And sometimes you lose parts when you're working on a on a 1911. They say the parts count is high on the 1911, and it is. But and God. Strike me down for saying this. I would rather do a detail strip on a 1911 than my Tanfoglio. Like, I've never completely disassembled a Tanfoglio. I took the trigger group and the sear box out of a shadow once, and that was no fun. Um, having experienced that when my Tanfoglios came into the house, I, 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 did, I had no interest in drifting the pins out, completely disassembling this firearm at all. Like, I just go at it with an air compressor and a toothbrush. I'm yeah. down at Matt Lorette and Mo, Sean Hansen, who owns Freedom Ventures, says these are the only guys I've seen take a sear cage out of a Tanfoglio at a match. It takes three <laughs> hands. I know. I sell them. <laughs> and Lorette and Mo are doing it at matches, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> That's crazy. After working on a Glock, once you know how to disassemble and reassemble a 1911, it's it's there's nothing to it. Yeah. It really, it's it's almost as easy as a Glock. It really, really is. Just a couple so. extra parts, and as, as soon as you figure out where they go, it's all good. Yeah, and then the pain is, you know, if you're going to install parts, you have to quote-unquote fit them. Right. Yeah. So speaking of fitting parts, I end up over at Chris's place because Chris, Chris's wife used to shoot a Trojan. And um, she shot Trojan in Ipsic before there was a classic division. She shot it in standard minor. So he's decided that he wants to put his double stack forty caliber pairs aside and shoot the classic division as well. He's always been a 1911 guy. So we've been kind of tweaking out his Trojan a little bit to meet the the uh, division requirements of of classic. That's cool. It's keeping the mag well. That's already on there. It already has ambi safeties. It already has a fiber optic front sight. He already has an extended magazine release. Um, it so, makes sense that he'd be shooting in classic since he he went to school with John Moses Browning. So he actually was there. Like he was John Moses Browning's frosh leader. He was right. college yeah. year before John Moses arrived. So uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's buddies, right? So yeah, he's exactly. to honor the tradition. Sure. So, um, yeah, okay. Anyway, 
I was going to make a Catholic Mormon joke, but never mind. Oh, all right, probably it, a good call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, refrained myself. Oh, yeah. good, good for you. Thanks, Look at you, man. growing yeah. up, becoming mature and whatnot. Filters matter. Yeah, filters matter. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I dropped in a recoil spring and a firing pin spring and a mainspring. He had, he had never changed a mainspring before in 1911, so he wasn't. he thought it was quite a process. So I showed him how to do that, got that done, and then he asked me to work on his Paris. He had a safety on a pair that wasn't working, and that's because it was never fitted. It was just thrown in. Right. So there were some issues there, needless to say. Um, so we took a, a – there was no – the safety didn't work at all. I took it out. I showed him how to mate the pieces together, did some filing, fitted the safety. And the safety now works when the hammer's cocked. Before, what would happen was – and this is a test in black badge, Adriel. When your instructor shows you how to do some safety checks on a gun, this is one of the, one of the safety checks that you do. If you have a single-action gun, any, any gun, I suppose, with a safety, you cock the hammer, you apply the safety, and you press the trigger with a lot of force. You take your finger off the trigger, disengage the safety. If the hammer falls, you, sir, have an issue. And that's what one of his 1911s was doing. Hmm. So, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. No. So we fixed that by, you know, as I said, fitting the safety to the, to the sear by um, uh, filing it a little bit and making the angle match up so that when the safety is engaged, then your sear is pushing against a nice flat surface. They don't come with a flat surface. They come with a sharp edge, and you have to knock that edge back until it's a flat surface that matches or mates up with the flat surface of the sear. So I did that, and then that worked, but um, there's no half cock. And there's supposed to be a half cock on, on 1911s. And it was uh, falling. He said, it, it fires from the half cock. I'm like, dude, you don't even have a half cock. So, <laughs> so anyway. He's just pulling the hammer back a little ways and letting go. Hey, it fired. Yeah, it fired. Weird. Ah. <laughs> so, and it was, um, there was a hammer fall situation. No, the hammer fall situation would happen when you would take the safety off. Anyway, we, so he's got two. One's blued, one's stainless, and he was saying that the stainless one isn't feeding as well. We removed the barrels and compared the two barrels. One has a feed ramp. The other one doesn't. It's kind of like the 45 barrel. There's almost no feed ramp, especially compared to the blued one. I was, by the time I was there for an hour and a half, by the time I was done, you know, uh, tweaking his guns, and then I showed him, like, I, I crap on para a lot, and he thinks it's a joke, so I'm like, look at this. And I, and I took the sear and disconnector out of his pair, and I'm like, you see the parts? You see these lines that look like lines as if the part came out of a mold? He's like, yeah, what's that? So that's a metal-injected molded part. That's a MIM part. They're crap. They're poorly finished. They're prone to breaking. It's just not good. So you want to clean up this 1911, order a new set of safeties, a new sear, a new disconnector, New hammer in case your hammer hooks are worn, and let's let's fit a new safety or a new trigger group and safety to this gun, and then you'll be off to the races. But in the meantime, just put it away, <laughs> <laughs> just sell it. Yeah. So, well, I don't think he's going to sell it. It's kind of like it's his backup, but it's his son's. His son shot it, and he shot his own. But it, it, those MIM parts are just wearing out. The safety probably wore out, and then he bought a safety not knowing it needed to be fitted, and just threw it in, and never worked right, and so. 1911s are um, they're not a beginner gun they're not like a Glock you don't just drop parts in like all Glocks are made to the same spec there is no mill spec on 1911s parts need to be fitted if you don't know what you're doing don't try and do your own gunsmithing work you, you can get away with it with, with 870 shotguns and, and Glocks but you can't really get away with it with guns like 1911s if you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you don't know 
and the more I get in 1911s, the more I'm learning that these things are are not meant for uh, newbies for sure. So, uh, what else? I traded my uh, backup S my backup um, limited custom my STI my backup gun for standard division my 40 cal. I traded it for a stock three. Extreme. I had a stock three before. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And every year uh, that I've been putting guns on the prize table for SummerSlam, I've been buying stock threes because I just like to have one around to hold and, and maul and stuff and dry fire the heck out of it before I have to give it away to somebody. And um, the one I had traded to Lorette for my open gun. He took that to the Worlds. And Lorette did such a good job on the trigger in this stock three that Eric Graffel, who makes the extreme line of gun parts, disassembled Lorette's gun so he could have a look at exactly how he shaped the trigger group because it was better than his own. So That's yeah, cool. That is cool, yeah. So anyway, I traded my backup gun with one of the um, Ipsic shooters from Quebec who comes to SummerSlam every year and is coming to our uh, our three gun. So I traded my backup for a limited customer, a stock three, but a stock three extreme. So now I'll have the Tanfoglio stock three extreme, which is a production gun, and I'll have the uh, limited custom extreme and a 1911 for classic. And as Adriel said, if I need to go into open, I'll just put a mag in my front pocket. There you go. You're all set. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then right before the show tonight, I was packing up guns and ammo for tomorrow after school. Snuffleupagus and I, who is a, a, a teacher as well, the teachers at the local high school approached him and asked for a range day. The nice. staff, yeah, the staff does something about once a month. They have a staff outing and they wanted to go to the range. So we have 15 people lined up to come shoot guns. Going to be a pump action shotgun, 22 pistol, 22 rifle, bringing the Garand, bringing a 44 Magnum, 357 Magnum, a 1911 and 45, you know, so you can all that shot, 45, you know. Yeah. All that bravado and stuff. And of course, a Glock, right? I got to shoot a Glock. I got to shoot a 45. And, and bring your, C, your, your VZ so they can say they shot an AK. Oh, what a great idea. I know. <laughs> I shot an AK 47. But it was like the Czechoslovakian one legal in Canada. I don't know. And then they shot a World War II gun named after a Canadian from Montreal. Because uh, they're going to get the whole history lesson every time they touch you a gun. You know it. You know it. Uh, they are teachers after all. They need yeah. history. They, they need to be taught. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be like herding cats. So we're going to establish a, a shooting line and a waiting line. So there'll be a fault line on the ground. If you're not shooting, you're staying back here. Quiet. <laughs> if you're uh, shooting, uh, you'll be at the table with uh, an arrow. So Pierre Luke is going to come out and give us a hand. And uh, Excellent. That'll be good. Yeah, we'll have zombie targets and steel plate racks and Sweet. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Sweet. So, yep, that's what I've been up to. That didn't take hardly any time. No, hardly any time. Only, what, 30 minutes? Adriel. <laughs> I missed you guys. <laughs> oh. Wait, I was here last week. I didn't yeah. even have to get caught up or nothing. <laughs> I'm going to mute now. <laughs> All right, so uh, on Saturday I shot and RO'd a, a three-gun match. Uh, I, uh, a buddy of mine and myself set up the shotgun stages. We designed them and uh, and RO'd them. And it was a l- like a little bit cool and rainy, but the mosquitoes were oh, they were awesome. Oh. <laughs> oh, there were so many mosquitoes. They just that ate sucks. us alive. There was a... Uh, Someone brought out like a full can of off and left it at the shotgun range. Oh, and that was by, gone. Oh, yeah. by the end of the day, it was gone. Yeah, and it, 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 had, it had been used, and it was like people were getting eaten. They were using it. Yeah, it, it all went. I've never, you know, I've never seen an off can go in one day. Usually, you know, you pack it up with your camping gear. You might use yeah, it. Yeah, it's good for not. a season. 
it's good for a season, and then you know it get it rusts or leave, yeah. leave it somewhere, or forget it or something. I've never seen one go from like brand new out of the package to like used in a day. <laughs> well, I got I, I got to. <laughs> it was one of the big ones too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, one of the big <laughs> ones. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was good. It was good, safe shoot. Uh, we got thirty four shooters out, which uh, which is a lot of people. That is. Uh, we had. I want to say 36 at our... No, the last match, it was rainy and, and kind of gra- garbagey out, so there was only 20-something, but the one before there was 36 people. And, uh, yeah, it's starting It's starting to get really popular. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we're getting to a point now where I'm starting to look at uh, Three Gun Nation and seeing if we should be doing that, because that comes with its own set of rules and own set of, like, all sorts of other stuff that comes with it. And there's only... It looks like there's only three... Uh, clubs in Canada that have three gun matches. And I don't see, well, three clubs that are, pardon me, only registered with three gun nation. I don't see them doing any matches right now. So I don't know. Maybe we could like register and be one of the Canadian ones. Cause like they, they are the premier three gun, uh, series, I guess, in, uh, in the U.S. And, and we don't, ha- we don't have such a thing in, in Canada. Anyways, yeah, that'd be good. I mean, if you, yeah, that'd be that, like you said, it'd be a good way to have a standard set of rules and, uh, you know, kind of introduce the sports your neck of the woods there. Yeah, better promotion. We'd need more. We we need more bays though. We only we can only run with like a shotgun bay and uh, and a rifle bay that we like a 100 meter rifle bay that we use for. We usually we jam two stages in there, but like with 34 people, we're there. We were there from eight till seven, and it's just too long. Uh, so so we need more bays open at our range, or we need a range with more bays or something. Anyways, we uh, um, what we learned. Was well, to do fewer stages with all three guns. That's we we were there. What Matthew like the first two years, six thirty, seven o'clock at night. Yeah, like we're only doing eight stages this year, and half of those stages will incorporate all three guns, and some of them will be short stages. Yeah, we just need to do more short stages. I mean, we we um, the other thing that happened was that we 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 squatted people at random. And what what ended up happening is just by chance one of the squads ended up being a lot slower than the other, and uh, and I think that contributed to the uh, the speed problems because um, one one squad made it through uh, a couple of stages and then they were just sitting around for like two and a half hours, which is just long. No, that's not cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it, it, fun time. Anyways, I got fourth. Uh, I fourth isn't I, bad I, I was, at a thirty-four. Oh, um, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, you know, I uh, the the things. There's two things that sucked out of it. One, my buddy Sean got number one, and <laughs> he's been raz- he's been razzing me about it the whole time, as so. he should, I, as any as any good friend would, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a friendly friendly rivalry thing, but uh, I'll have to beat him at the next one. And the other thing was Adri- that I, sorry, Adriel, yeah, I just want to clarify a point. Um, it's not even a question of having short stages that that speed up the match, what we found slows down a three-gun is loading and unloading of all three firearms, right? Like, we'll abandon them throughout the stage. Oh, I get you. And when you're done shooting, the arrow takes you back to your shotgun. Uh, If you're finished, unload, show clear, and unload the shotgun. And then um, go to the rifle, unload and show clear the rifle. That's what's burning up all the time. It's taking over a minute to unload and, and clear three firearms plus loading and staging, especially if you're loading a shotgun, because loading the shotgun, you know, you expect guys that try are trying to do a ghost load that oh, that's have a, the worst you thing. know, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we had people trying to ghost load and not familiar. Like I can ghost load my shotgun in in a couple of seconds, kind of a thing. But yeah, we we had guys who like take like half a minute, a minute, like That's... messing around trying to ghost load. It's like, dude, you like just give up, just shoot it with what you got in there right now. I'm trying to have a shotgun, um, shotgun rifle, or like only maybe one. Well, no, I would definitely won't do more than half of the stages with all three, and some of the stages will be just shotgun or shotgun pistol because it's the loading and unloading the shotgun that kills you so if you're doing a shotgun only long course of fire with 20 rounds that's not so bad because there's only one gun to load and one gun to unload yeah you know what's killer about those is doing a dry start too because then people come to the line with their belt all loaded up and they all like there's no slowly loading from a pouch or something like that while they're on the line they're they're running from their uh carriers on their belt so they're they're loading really quickly Unless you've got a match director who's like me who has a unloaded shotgun start with all ammo in the ammo can. <laughs> oh, I've done that. <laughs> I did that uh, two or three matches ago. That took too long, though. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. Because yeah, some people don't really know how to load their shotgun very fast when they're just like digging it out of a, out of a bucket exactly. or something. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, uh, that's good points. And I think, uh, I think I might try my hand at designing the rifle stage at the... Uh, at the next match just to make sure it's nice and quick. So there was one thing that worked really well. That was staging the shotgun and rifle at the same table, pulling out the shotgun, running some slugs on, on a couple of targets, then dumping the shotgun and going right to the rifle. I really liked that part because uh, it, it kept it nice and quick, and it let us use all three guns without really adding a whole bunch of time. Mm. Um, I, uh, the, the other thing, I, so I mentioned, yeah, my buddy Sean won, so I, I got to beat him next time. I would have shaved 60 seconds off if I had just thrown some. I, I carry a dump pouch. I should have carried a, a couple of extra shells in there because I ended up with three no shoots, 20 seconds of pop, 60 seconds wow. on one shotgun stage. And all I needed was three more shells and then I'm a kingdom for three more shotguns. You, did, you didn't have the right RO. That's the problem. There it is right there. What, they, would, they just hand me some shotgun shells? Kind of <laughs> Take them off the arrow's belt. Was, he... <laughs> let's, let's, let's just say this has happened before. <laughs> I could have, I could have, but uh, I don't well, know. Trevor was just standing there, and I well, ran out of ammo, so I was like, hey, he was what? And so I started taking ammo off his belt and well, kept going. In play. What was I to do? He had a firearm. Yeah, he, he was coming right at me. <laughs> I was basically mugged. <laughs> I got this little yellow brick in my hand. What am I going to do? Beat him with it? I don't think there's anything in the rules about mugging people. So, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, so instead, I, I ordered another shell, uh, shot shell carrier. What do you so carry a dump pouch for during a three-gun match? Uh, to I carry extra shotgun shells. No, my, I, use it, I use it for my staging ammo. So I, I'll carry my pistol, an extra pistol mag, extra rifle mag, and enough shot shells to load up my shotgun. I should have put a bunch of extra shells in there. But, uh, well, you um, know for next time. Yeah, I know for next time. And I mean, I, I ordered another shot shell carrier, so now I'm going to be able to, like, I'm going to have tons on my belt. So I should you won't be able to run very fast, though. <laughs> No, and it, it's a lot of space. I mean, you, you like I've got a, like a thirty-four inch uh, uh, belt size, and 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 running all my uh, shot shell carriers. They're all across the front. The whole front of my body's just shot shell carriers. So, I'm, whatever. Trev, remember how you filtered a little while back? Uh huh. Yeah, I'm filtering right now, buddy. Just with you in <laughs> mind, by the way. I can't. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, he was talking about his belt size and how much stuff he can carry on his belt. Uh, oh yeah. So the more real estate, the more. You I was can carry. just gonna say something along those lines, but I, you know, I, I held back. We get we we get where you were going. With okay, this. just um, making fat. sure. 
Yeah, well, I just I didn't want to say it. You don't have yeah. to. Everyone knows. <laughs> hey, Drill. That like picture, the picture of me with the picture of me with the mags in my front pocket at Sunday's Woodstock match was not what I would call flattering. Well, <laughs> it was funny. It was, it was. I don't think anybody was looking at your waist, Trevor. <laughs> They're all looking at the mags in your front pocket. Yeah. Is that a mag in your front pocket? He was happy, happy to see me. See. Yeah. <laughs> and as I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, three gun match was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really looking at kind of amping it up for next year. So that's going to be going to other uh, other matches, uh, other clubs. And uh, it's they're really hard to find. There's not a lot of three gun action like happening around here. So uh, part of part of what I'm going to try to do is practice all my other guns. So that's why I'm going to do my uh, my black badge this weekend in Bonneville, so I can start doing some other pistol uh, practice in in prep for for more three gun. Because I think three gun will continue to grow. Uh, I know that my my pistol wasn't bad this this match. Uh, you know that F and F and S. I even though the trigger is what three times heavier than my MMP's Apex trigger? Oh, I sure. still I still prefer it, and I'm still more accurate with it, and it holds a lot of more ammo, so that helps too. <laughs> but uh, I also uh, just last night actually I registered for Shot Show 2017, so I'll see Woo! if I can uh, I'll see if I can get into that because I've never been, and uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Go get in. Take me with you. Yeah. Do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to go? Of course I want to go. <laughs> so like Las Vegas for me is like is really close because it basically like heads south and uh, yeah, just straight down. But and, yeah. I got to go along like it's huge forty five degree angle to get there. I got to mm-hmm. go down the hypotenuse. Every every the <laughs> such a nerd. Um, everybody has got to go to Vegas once in their once. life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been to I've been to Vegas. Did you go do a full auto shoot in Vegas? No, I was down? I was just there for the World Archery Festival. It was just he, he was there for the Robin back. Hood. Yeah. Oh, they've got they've got a bunch of uh, gun ranges down there that'll do full auto. Oh, I know. It's okay. <laughs> he he shot full auto archery like yeah. that Lars guy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, uh, if anybody has ever seen that, what's his name, Trav? Lars Larson. He's a yeah, teacher. Lars Larson. If anybody ever can see, <laughs> we cannot seem to find that video anywhere. If you can find that video, you should send it to Trevor so he can watch it. <laughs> Next person sends it to me gets unfriended. <laughs> so look, if you don't really care too much about Trevor, send him. Yep, send him the video. Uh, Do you like the one I posted on top of there with the guy with the knives? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So Vegas has full auto shoots. I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever they got at Shot Show though. So we'll see what uh, see what I can do down there. Uh, what about you, Kelly? What did you up, uh, do in? Uh, what did you, uh, what did you up to? <laughs> what did you do up to? <laughs> you can talk real uh, So Saturday, we had an all-lady shoot in, at the Napanee Gun Club. So it was awesome. We had four. Originally, we had we were going to have forty ladies come out, but Holy. we actually had forty-six ladies come out. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, and like it was awesome. We had. Um, all kinds of different things going on. So we had a pistol uh, house that was down uh, down the range a bit, and uh, I was helping out on 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 the pistol side of things. We also had trap going on. We had uh, AR-15s. Uh, they were shooting those as well as 10-22s. Originally, the thinking was, well, let's just get them to shoot some 22s, see if they like it. No, these ladies wanted everything, right? So uh, 
great time. The majority of them didn't have their pals. Uh, the majority of them had never shot a gun before in their whole entire life. And they just loved it. Every single one of them walked away with a smile on their face. A couple of them actually have signed up for their pal courses already. Nice. Um, looking at joining the clubs and that as well. We had some, we had some younger uh, ladies there as well. So when I'm talking younger ladies, I'm talking, well, we actually had one that was, uh, one girl that was probably about eight or nine. And then we had a 16 year old and then we had actually a guy as well. Um, uh, 12 year old guy come with his mom too but it was really really well done what you last what did you do last night timmy i went to ladies night with my mom exactly <laughs> what'd you do shoot guns shoot. oh oh never mind all right yeah i won't beat you up then better than the time my mother drugged me to a weight watchers meeting oh. <laughs> that didn't I take huh i swear i wonder oh you <laughs> That's as bad as the time Adriel said. So I heard that some guy lost 36 pounds on the Pokemon thing. Trevor, maybe you should install that app and walk away. <laughs> oh, man. Carry on, Kelly. That really backfired bad. That was, I hate you, Matthew. Just a little bit. You love me. <laughs> Speaking of Weight Watchers. Cut you later. Okay. So they had lunch there. These ladies... They had pies like you wouldn't believe. They had coconut cream, they had lemon meringue, they had do a Weight Watchers meeting. (laughs) It was awesome. The other thing that was really cool about it was the fact that they they brought out a vortex. Vortex came and they sponsored the event too. They thought it was really cool because what was happening is um the ladies paid $35 to, to register for this thing. $10 of it went towards uh, breast cancer, um, so which was awesome. But uh, And the other 25 was covering things like, for example, targets and, and ammunition. Um, but Vortex came on board. They uh, had uh, shirts for them and they had uh, earplugs and everything. They had a whole package. These ladies walked away with a whole bunch of stuff and they were so, so happy. So <laughs> we were talking about it. Really, if you want your ranges and also um, your ranges and also basically gun rights to, to go forward and to be continue to be successful like your ranges you need to bring in the ladies and you need to because they'll bring the kids right yeah absolutely i know a couple of ladies go to the range to get away from their kids but (laughs) true (laughs) but yeah and that's what we're that's what we're hearing too we had over 30 35 volunteers as well help out like there was guys there was guys at each um each bay or each uh yeah each bay but uh there was also ladies helping out the ladies that way, if you know they were more comfortable with the lady, they could actually shoot with the lady and that as well. Um, each person was paired up with an instructor as well, so and everything was really safe in that. So they had an amazing time. Everybody had smiles. So that was that's, Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really really cool. Um, Tuesday went out after work. We decided uh, we being the field officers for uh, the Kingston area for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, we all decided to go out and go out with our significant others, go out to the range and have a, a night just shooting shooting some guns. and that. So we had a really, really good time. I got to shoot a CZ finally, a CZ-75. what did you think of it? I love it. Cool. I what, what did you love? I have a recent upgrade. Sorry. <laughs> um, what did I love about it? I um, 
I love the trigger. I love the fit. I love everything about it. It it fit really nicely, and it fired amazingly accurate. So nice, nice, clo- you know, small grouping in that. And yeah. Can you can you get to the uh, controls and everything pretty good? Yeah, uh, it fits my hands perfectly. How about the double action trigger? Yep, loved it. Loved cool. it. No one loves a double action trigger. Yep, loved it. Why? Why would you? What? Why? Why? I don't understand. <laughs> what, did, what did you do? What did you love about the double action trigger? Did you love how long and heavy it was? How creepy it was? How much longer it took to shoot that first shot? Tell me exactly what you loved about it, please. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just did, I really, really did. I can. I felt like I could focus. I can focus on my sights and get it on target. So it was. I really liked it. I also. Well, liked that's good. The, the Sig uh, P226. So that's double action, right? So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. I also shot uh, one of the ladies that was there, Kelly Kincaid. She's a, another field officer. She has a Sig Sauer uh, 1911 in nine mil as well, and I fired hers, and it was pretty cool too. A Sig Sauer 1911 in nine mil. Yep. Didn't know there was such a beast. Yep, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was fun. So on this week's show, two hosts shoot nine mil 1911s. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, I liked hers as well, but I kind of like the CZ more. So, Very cool. And Makes sense, because nobody in their right mind actually likes a 1911. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Put down the pitchforks and torches, guys. I was kidding. Gosh. Carry on. Yeah, that's everything that I did in Guns this week. Awesome. Let's yeah. get on to uh, upcoming events. The first one we have here is from Brian S., Valkyrie Defense has a counter ambush concepts course in Battle Creek, Michigan on October 9th, 2016. Uh, the next one we have is the Ferlachi Handgun Courses. Ferlachi LLC is running a handgun course <laughs> in Alberta, July 15th and 16th, 2017. Uh, the basic hand, it says basic handgun only has four spots left. Is that still accurate? That is still accurate. Okay. And the critical handgun is full. Still full. Still full. Uh, the next one we have here is Caps with Dave Young. This is a use of force two-day class. It's $400, 70% theory, 30% practical. It's a video simulator with lasers, I think you guys were saying. Freaking laser beams. Freaking laser beams. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're running out of time. October 1st is the deadline, and we need a minimum of 12 people. And uh, right now we only have uh, letters of intent, if you will. Uh, from what? There's four of us, Matthew. Something five like of us. That. Yeah, five like of that. us. So there's only five people that are committed to come at this point. Um, so we just got a week to get, you know. Let's go, chop chop. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, I'm gonna be stuck teaching on black badge in the Miramichi. Terrible. Two weekends in a row teaching black badge. Gosh, when will it end? You promoting the sport and whatnot, being helpful and such. That's it'll terrible. End, it'll end in November when I pick up my bow and switch to archery for the winter. <laughs> yeah, oh. there you go. Yeah, I'm with you, Kelly. It's like, ah, crap. <laughs> kidding. She talking about those twangy bows again? Or I could talk oh, about okay. 1911s. At least they're guns. <laughs> nah, they don't work in the winter anyways. So ah! <laughs> Just got to use light oil. <laughs> Carry on. The next one we have is uh, Ragnarok Tactical is doing a carbi- uh, carbine operator course at Guelph Rod and Gun Club in Guelph, Ontario on October 15th, 2016. The course fee is $176.99 and tax on top of that. Let's get on to the cool. news. Who wants to do the uh, Saskatchewan uh, uh, 
armed combiners and armed farmers and that kind of thing. Sure, I got this one. That's uh, titled, Let Us Do Our Jobs. The RCMP responds to Saskatchewan farmers taking up arms. Saskatchewan RCMP have a message for farmers who are carrying firearms during harvest following what is thought to have been the attempted robbery of a farmhand uh, by three armed masked men. Let us do our job, said RCMP Sergeant Earl LeBlanc at a news conference on Wednesday, adding residents should not arm themselves for their own protection or to protect others. We don't want to see people getting hurt. His remarks follow an incident on a rural road in west-central Saskatchewan that struck fear into the hearts of farmers in the area, leading some to arm themselves. Yesterday was eventful, said one, who sent CBC News a photo of the hunting rifle he now keeps in the cab of his combine. The farmer asked to remain anonymous. I guarantee you, everyone is carrying out here now. At around 11.40 a.m. Central Time on Monday, the RCMP were called about three men with masked faces wearing sunglasses driving a black SUV. They had approached a worker from a local farm as he drove along a rural road near Fisk, about 146 kilometers southwest of Saskatoon. The men were out of their vehicles at the time and approached the truck on foot. Each was carrying a handgun, according to the RCMP. The farmer who employs the worker said the man has years of military experience in an Eastern European war zone and responded instinctively. He sees the gun, the face masks and balaclavas, and he just accelerates and goes right at the guys in the middle of the road. The farmer said the farm hand did not try to hit the armed man, but he did not stop or slow down. The fear among farmers in the area, he told CBC, is related uh, not just to yesterday's incident, but to what he describes as a rural crime spree in the area. There was an enormous amount of break-and-enters in the town of Rosetown and around the town of Rosetown over the weekend, he said. RCMP officers say they are looking into several farmers' reports of uh, property theft in the area over the last few days. And uh, it continues on from there. But... uh, yeah, that's a, a bit of a scary situation, I guess. You're out in the middle of farmland, driving down a rural road, and all of a sudden a black SUV stops, piles out a bunch of guys with handguns and masks on. So um, mm. k- kudos to the farm hand who just said, nope, not today, boys, and just kept right on going. And I, I would hope that most of us would have the common sense to do the same thing. Uh, don't don't stop for people with guns if, uh, if you're in a car. <laughs> your car is now your weapon. <laughs> Use it to get away. So yep. anyhow, yeah, definitely. I think yeah, a lot of people were getting a little bit bristly about the uh, RCMP saying, "Well, just call us instead of arming yourselves." And, yeah, and, uh, and you know that's what uh, you know we don't want people carrying guns to protect themselves. He said, "We don't want you to protect yourselves. That's our job. We're an hour away. That's reasonable." <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, Saskatchewan, <laughs> Saskatchewan's not very populated, and there's there's areas where you're you're you are out in the middle of nowhere. And, That's right. Uh, now, now that being said, it is illegal in Canada to carry a gun for self defense. So, if you have your gun with you and you you have it there to defend your crops and your livestock against coyotes and other, you know, uh, producing. Uh, uh, scavengers, whatever, you know, things that are going to damage your, your livelihood, then, uh, you know, that's legal, I guess. But if you're carrying it for the sole purpose of protecting yourself against two-legged um, intruders, I mean, you're not technically supposed to be doing that. So just watch your intent, I guess, is what I'd say to the farmers. But at the same time, I'm, I have a hard time condemning them for what they're doing. Um, 
you're they're actually at an advantage because farmers are kind of exempt from needing a hunting license to carry a firearm on their own property to defend their wild their uh their <clears> crops stock. and wildlife yeah yeah the not the wildlife but their or, uh, th- uh, sorry yeah livestock yeah, livestock thank there, you yes, yeah I, they can I couldn't carry, think of it either <laughs> they can carry a, a firearm with less restraints to protect their livestock than uh somebody who doesn't have livestock let's say right so they already can they're already kind of exempt from needing a hunting license to to be carrying a gun like, i think that's that's pretty new brunswick specific because in alberta we don't there's no such requirement around having a, a, a license either but the the farmer thing what that well, lets you do is if is you're in have the- a, a a gun unlocked uh and ready for use kind of a thing so you can have a shotgun or a 22 propped up in a corner ready to ready to like pop a coyote if you need to Right. Well, you always need a reason for why you're carrying the gun. Mm-hmm. So you either have to, and that's federal. I mean, you don't just get to drive around with a gun because you want to. You need to have a reason for why you have the gun. And so generally, the the get out of jail free card is your hunting license. But if you're on mm-hmm. a farm, um, it's not so bad. Now, definitely here in New Brunswick, if you are in a resort of wildlife, which is all of New Brunswick, with the firearm, and you don't have a hunting license you could very easily be picked up for poaching yeah depending i mean obviously uh dnr officers practice discretion and some are and some aren't but uh the way to avoid it is to just always carry a hunting license that being said again on your property if you're a farmer not an issue what the point i'm trying to get to is that um guys posting their i mean this is this is kind of a tricky situation um i'm not sure what they were trying to rob these farmers of like it's kind of a random place to try and it sounds really suspicious to me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie this sounds sketchy um and it's started a bunch of uh fear-mongering where now all these rural saskatchewan farmers need to arm themselves against what like did the situation happen only these guys witnessed or this one person witnessed it and now everybody's overreacting by carrying guns should they be allowed to carry guns? Absolutely. Right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't be allowed to carry your gun. Um, but if they're doing things that break the law, like carrying loaded guns in a vehicle, then in the end, this is only going to come back to bite us in the ass. That's right. So practice, you know, some common sense and discretion. I Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And, you know, if you feel the need that, to carry a firearm, maybe don't post it on social media. Well, exactly. Why are you, you know? Why are you advertising the fact that you're carrying a gun around for the first self-defense? Thing, first thing these guys did wrong, Matthew, was talk to the CBC. Mm. Uh, CBC is never going to have a pro-gun story. So no. as soon as CBC gets wind of Saskatchewan farmers carrying guns, they're gonna they're gonna blast this to create fear mongering and and get the antis riled up. Right, but I mean, bear in mind that farmers aren't necessarily pro-gun gunnies right these are just guys who have guns because they need them for their livelihood yeah so they don't know that the cbc is rabidly anti-gun and will take any story and blow it out of proportion well and that's why we're here that's why we're here here we are you know and the the, the picture is a pistol grip shotgun with a magazine tube extension and an sks generally not what you think of when you think of a farmer carrying a gun not generally you know, and then it's an SKS, God help us, in a Tapco stock. <laughs> but I can plainly see the rivet on his magazine. Yep. I mean, he's definitely legal. And the shotgun with the shells in the carrier, depending on the DNR officer, if the ammunition is connected to the firearm in any way, they'll consider that a loaded firearm. 
And whether you agree with that definition or that interpretation or not, uh, you may ha- find yourself in court debating that definition of a loaded firearm. Yeah, I've heard that as well for uh, side saddles or uh, those little uh, uh, fabric ones that you put on the buttstock to hold cartridges and that kind of thing. It's even, I've even seen people go so far as to say that a, ba- a biathlon rifle has grooves in the rifle to hold the magazines for the twenty two ammo. Mm-hmm. And if it's stored with those mags in the rifle, it's considered a loaded firearm. It's a biathlon mm-hmm. rifle. It's point two. <laughs> but anyway. Interesting. Um yeah, you want to carry a gun, carry a gun, but let's use some some common sense and discretion. And posting pictures of you carrying guns around your firearm on social media, you know, that's what you yeah, get. Exactly. Let, 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 the RCMP saying, let us do our jobs. You can't do the job because you can't be everywhere all at the same time. So when I'm on a road and there's three guys with guns in front of me, I'm not calling you, I'm dealing with it, and then I'll call you after. Am I yep. supposed to sit there and wait for you? I, how can you even say that with a straight face, let us do our jobs? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, Trevor, you want to take the uh, next story here from Jason? Uh, sure, let me see here. Let me just click on the old link uh, from Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe's out uh, in the nude with a shotgun shooting at drones. or That's the one. <laughs> shotgun at drones. Yeah, yeah thanks for bringing us that story. All right, let's move on to the next. That's move basically going to yeah, happen right now. No, come All on. right. Uh, leave me a drone. Early this morning, deep in the middle of some sort of strange gar- gardening dream, I was awakened by the sound of a giant bumblebee hovering a few inches from my ear. As I slowly entered a more conscious state, I realized the sound was not coming from a bee in a dream, nor, for that matter, a bee in reality. It was coming from something much larger just outside my bedroom window. Dressed in my favorite pair of non-existing pajamas, non-existent pajamas, <laughs> I leapt from my bed and pulled the drapes aside to see what the what was the matter. I, I arose with such a clatter. <laughs> Anybody else catch that? Christmas. Yeah, yes. exactly. There, there not three feet in front of me was a camera dangling from the underside of a drone. Red light was on, camera was rolling, blah, blah, blah. So apparently Mike Rowe uh, grabbed a shotgun and went out to confront this drone. Uh, true or false? What do you think? Mike Rowe looking for publicity? Did anybody else see this happen? Well, he took a picture. He took oh, a picture he? of it, yeah. He took yeah. a picture of the drone? Yeah. Yep. Did he get a picture of himself with a shotgun and the he drone all at the same time? <laughs> no, didn't get that. There you Selfie. go. Yeah. But uh, regardless, Seconds I mean... later, uh, I pulled my Mossberg 12-gauge from under my bed and grabbed the cell phone from beside the table. In no time, I was out on the deck downstairs about 15 feet below the electronic peeping tom. So, anybody jump on it and everything. So, did anybody report Mike to have him investigated for safe storage to make sure there was a trigger lock on that? He's in San Francisco. <laughs> he's in the U.S. Oh, well, then he's laughing. He's a Canadian, mm. though, isn't he? Mm. I don't know if he's actually Canadian or not. Well, all right. So yeah, uh, I did say that earlier, but you know what, Trev? I think you might. I, I don't know if he is actually now. Now that you say that, maybe he's not. Okay. Oh, whatever. My bad. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It- it's That's quite a good, good taste in shotguns. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he didn't shoot it down. He didn't shoot he, it down, and and it's not. probably a good thing. I mean, like he says, the last thing that uh, he needed was to have that negative publicity of him shooting down a drone. Um, however, 
However, I think he was probably pretty justified. Nope. The drone was definitely in his airspace. There's no threat. You can't discharge a firearm in a residential area because of a drone, but what you can okay, do. Okay, okay. Maybe he wasn't legally do, he wasn't legally justified, but he was morally justified. The camera was on looking through his window. What so, you can do is open up with a paintball gun. True. Or a bow and arrow. No, it'd be too hard, and the arrow would come down and kill somebody. Uh, definitely. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It definitely would come down and kill somebody. Absolutely. <laughs> like, there's no possible way it would not strike a child. Basically, yeah. Yeah. In the uh, but the, the potential, obviously, is there. Yeah. Uh, but a paintball gun, you blast the snout of that drone. I don't think a drone would take too many hits from a 300 feet per second paintball gun. Especially if it was marbles. Definitely mess up the camera. Oh, oh it's the speedball where you shoot the rubber balls at each other? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a smart idea. Yeah. Let's do that. Hmm. I like defense. it. Speedballs <laughs> and paintballs. <laughs> All right. Mike Rowe sleeps in the nude, has a Mossberg under the bed. That's what we learned here tonight, kids. All right. Hey, we learned something. A considerable blurring naturally, but the video did come out. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was well written. He's Kelly, did you want to take the next one here? Sure. So this one was actually sent to us by uh, James. So James was talking about the Tannerite. So Tannerite was found after the New York City blast and is widely available in sporting goods shops. You guys know nothing about that, right? Oh, uh, wouldn't Tannerite? I wouldn't know where to get the stuff. <laughs> it's illegal. I, no, I, I'm it, only it, looking at about 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, oh, about 100 pounds of it. Well, you know what I learned is apparently you can blow up Tannerite with a cell phone. Yeah, no, you well, can't. Exactly. Talk, what? Yeah, they, Here's they the thing. Here's what they probably did. Half of half of Tannerite, the, the majority of Tannerite is actually ammonium nitrate. Right. And that's the stuff that is actually very, you know, you can do some scary stuff with that. So if somebody needed a legal source for a decent quantity of tanner, uh, of ammonium nitrate, they could just grab a box of Tannerite or any other of that binary explosive. So, it, I mean, it is there but that's not what it's for and here's the thing people misuse objects all the time so you know the fear-mongering is kind of silly here and and this is a cbc story and you know what i for one vote we stop pub you know (laughs) publicizing cbc and giving them any traction on our show because every cbc story we covered tonight has been crap right uh so what is what does cbc do oh my god Tannerite was used in New York. <gasps> you can buy Tannerite in Canada. Let's alert the masses. Let's get Tannerite off our shelves because some a-hole may have used it in New York, so now Canadians aren't allowed to have it. Yeah. That's all, all right. CBC is doing here. Yep, basically. Something happens in the U.S., oh, my God, we got to make sure we make it illegal in Canada tomorrow. Screw CBC. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have a question, though. Ammonium yeah. nitrate, is it also available? In, like, can you not get that in fertilizer? It is. Yeah, it's a fertilizer. Uh-huh. So, really, yeah. like, the main component of it, or, the main, yeah, the main component yeah. of Tannerite is something that you can get readily available. That's right. At, yeah. Yeah, but the mm-hmm. thing is, if you go in and buy large quantities of that, they... they put you on a list? What's that? <laughs> they put, put you, you on a list. Oh, you definitely go on a list, yes. Actually, you do have to have a permit to buy large quantities of it, right? What's yes. next? Restrictions on dynamite? I'm getting tired of this country. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking CBC. Can't buy dynamite now. They said that right. they didn't know what what detonated it as well because you know a rifle needed to detonate it. Well, exactly. So, right. hmm. well, Good technically, all you need is an object traveling faster than two thousand feet per second to detonate it. So, 
I don't right. know how fast particles of a firecracker or a small stick of dynamite. I mean, that would probably do it. Or if you pull real hard on your bow. Really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get that speed up there. But yeah, Maybe no chance. Larson could do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to ask him to do that. On no, video. we won't. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. All right. Why don't we jump into our main topic here? For our main topic, we're going to be talking to uh, two Black Badge Ipsic uh, instructors. And uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Matthew and uh, Trevor from, uh, was it Ferlachi Limited? That's right, Ferlachi. And thanks for having us on. I mean, it's uh, it's been a while since we've been here, but we, we listen every week and uh, we really enjoy the show. So, it, you know, it really is an honor to be on with you guys tonight. It truly do you, is. Do you really listen every week, though? I, never. I'm, never. The only time I listen is when I'm on <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, not only do I listen every week, if any of the other shows that come out that I listen to suck that week, I listen to us again. <laughs> nice. That's actually the truth. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Enjoy a fine That's bourbon while you listen to yourself. There's no such thing as a fine bourbon. Bourbon is douche baggery. Scotch is where it's at. Anyway, off the rails. All right, just like that. <laughs> right off the rails. Okay, our topic for today, the main topic is preparing for your black badge. And I, I selfishly uh, put this topic out there because I'm going for my black badge this weekend. I'm going to be <laughs> heading out there with my buddy and his wife. They're also taking their black badge. And I wanted uh, I wanted something to listen to on the way out. It's a, it's a two and a half hour drive. <laughs> and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to selfishly pick your brains on what I need to do to prepare for my black badge. Uh, so, uh, first off, what kind of equipment and, and what kind of stuff should I pack uh, tomorrow night, I guess, or t- tonight, because i got to drive tomorrow? Well, you're <laughs> going to need a pistol. You're a little late. <laughs> if you're preparing tonight, none of what we're going to say, most of what we're going to say tonight won't apply. A lot of what we're going to say uh, should be done weeks in advance, sometimes months in advance, if you have enough notice and need to get certain things. But as so, as so said, while yes, this may not this help point. you, this will help others. Yeah, others are going to learn from your from your oh. planning and, and mistakes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, Matthew Good. said pistol, and yes, not. but not only do you need a pistol, uh, well, it could be a revolver. It could be a revolver, but like I said, there's about nine guys in Canada, so we're going to assume that you're uh, shooting a pistol. Something modern, something striker-fired would be nice. Uh, minimum, 9mm. So you need a minimum of a 9mm pistol. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. Good to go on that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so you need a, a holster that covers the trigger guard. I would recommend a minimum of four magazines and four mag pouches. I actually I carry four mag uh, five, five magazines, but four mag pouches. I carry one in my pocket. That's the one that goes in the gun before I start. Um, that way, my mag right? pouches are full. But uh, th- if you have more mags. Um, you know, you can bring them and that will, you know, you won't have to reload your mags as many times because you're going to be reloading your mags tomorrow all day. Um, not tomorrow, on the, whenever it is, on the weekend. Um, and also, if you have a, uh, a mag loader, like a, a maglula, uplula, whatever, thingamajig, bring that and everybody's going to pay you money to use it by the end of the day. Yeah. Well, so let's start with, um, your classroom component. Your your first thing, you're on your way to take the classroom component tomorrow, correct? Uh, yes. Yep. Right. So depending on how detailed, a black badge is a minimum 16-hour course. So is it eight hours in the classroom and eight hours on the range? Is it six in the classroom, 10 hours on the range? It has finally it's, been... It's one in 15, I think. That's, yeah. But it's finally been established nationally 
the numbers been put on it because some black badges are, are being taught in uh, you know over longer periods of time than others. Some instructors spend more time on certain things than others. When they said 16 hours, I thought, you know what? There's not eight hours of material in that manual, and I still stand by that. But there could easily be six hours of material in that manual plus the exam. If things are done done properly and done in enough detail, your your time in the classroom could very, very easily be six hours. So um, prepare yourself to be in a classroom for up to six hours. Uh, bring with you a notebook, paper, pens, whatever, you know, whatever you need to get through six hours of, of lecture. There will be some demonstrations in the classroom showing you certain techniques. Um, there may even be guns on hand, depending on where your classroom portion is, is taking part. Don't bring your stuff to the classroom unless asked to by the instructor. Generally, the students are not asked to bring guns to the classroom. If you have questions about your equipment and uh, how it fits and whether or not you got the right holster for your gun, that's something that you should be checking with the lead instructor uh, before the class. You know, we've had people show up to a black badge that Matthew and I were in. Somebody showed up with a, a gun and a briefcase. Yep. And I would have thought a lawyer would knew better, but the man's an idiot, so what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what else, Matthew, for the classroom should he know before he arrives? Uh, well, you should have your test done. Yes. Right. So they, they, they send out a test. Uh, it's an open book test. The idea of the test is to prove that you have gone through the book. Uh, I mean, if we could trust people to just read the book before they came to the class, we wouldn't have to hand out the test, but... Um, yeah, the, the idea is to go through the book, write the test, and this really forces you to start to understand some of the really basic uh, rules and aspects of IPSC. And when I say basic, it's, it, it is. It, this is it's not the, the nitty-gritty. Yeah. This is the bare minimum to let, get you through a match. There, I mean, there's, there's to, so much to IPSC that even I don't understand it all. So, um, we're, but, yeah, there's no question. We're still learning all the time. Oh, yeah, every, every match. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, make sure you got your test done. And if you have any questions about those questions, jot those down and make sure you get clarification on them because it, it, some things just don't make sense the first time around. And sometimes when you're going through the test, the answer isn't going to make sense until you understand something the context, else. Context, yeah. 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 So and you don't, don't assume that just because you, you got the test done that you, you understand everything. You're, you're going to learn some stuff at the course regardless of you getting that test done or beforehand or not. But you do need to have that done before you get there. And it's important yeah. to include the rule number or rule numbers that apply yeah. to the answer. Because if you don't write down the rule number, well, how do we know that you actually went and looked up the rule? Sure. One of the quickest ways to do the test, and I don't have a problem with this, is um, use the search function in Adobe. Yeah, using well, that's if you have an electronic version of the of the rules. Well, if you if don't, you don't it doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're not doing things on a tablet or a smartphone, yeah, you're probably shooting a revolver. <laughs> or a 1911. Easy. <laughs> Easy. It's not a real 1911 because it's a 9mm. You're right. So. Um, the manual, be nice to read before you get there, and I'll tell you why. Um, it'll help you with preparing questions about the sport before you arrive. And some of the manual is going to be kind of brushed over. Some parts get uh, more attention than others. So you don't want to miss anything. It's a good idea to read the manual yourself. It's 82 pages long. One of the things that 
Matthew and I didn't pay a lot of attention to in the beginning when we were instructing black bats classes that we've kind of, now that we're more comfortable with the material and our own experience as shooters and instructors, and now we're CROs, is the scoring policy and where, where um, hit factor comes from and calculating scores and points and stuff like that. And there's a page 78, there's a, a detailed instruction on, you know, on how to determine hit factor and how someone wins a stage based on hit factor. And people say that the scoring system in uh, Ipsic is convoluted. It's it's not, though. <laughs> it really it's, isn't. It, it really it's, isn't. It's, no, it's when you start comparing different shooters that it starts to get a little confusing. But when you're looking at just your raw scores, it's really easy. It, it's simply your time divided by your points mm-hmm. or points divided by your time, whatever. <laughs> well, which is it now? Come on. I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> points, points but it's not <laughs> points divided by time to arrive at a hit factor. Yeah, that, that, that's what it is. But yeah, it's not all that complicated. So it's just, uh, you know, a lot of scoring is, well, is that an alpha or is that a Charlie? Because it's right on the line. So there's that. Alpha. And then also where'd Bravo go? You know, you'll learn that too. <laughs> yeah, why don't we have Bravo? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, next question. Uh, what kind of skills should I practice before... Uh Heading out to one of these things. Handgun shooting. That would really yep. come in handy. Yep. It's definitely important yeah. to leave your bow at home when yeah. preparing for the black badge. Mm, handgun shooting. Um, and bringing a shotgun, though. <laughs> the maximum distance you're going to shoot is going to be 25 meters. You're going to do that kneeling and prone. Other than that, you've got some, uh, some, some distances will be 6 meters. Some will be 12 meters. Uh, and then 15, right? Yes. There's... Uh, it's like 6, 12, 15. 6, 12, 10, and 15, or something like that. Yeah, it's 6, 10, 12, 15, 25. No, there's a 7 in there, 7 meters. Yeah, it's funny that there's a 6 and a 7, but whatever. Yeah, because of the different drill, you move from the 12-meter line to the 6-meter line. Yeah. It's not necessary. Some people eliminate the 7-meter line and do everything from, or eliminate the 6. Uh, it depends on the instructor, but... Yeah, whatever. You're, gonna, you're not going to be shooting from, like, 100 yards. So, but that being said, you should be able to hit an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper from 25 yards offhand, like standing up. Yeah. If you can do that in a decent amount of time, you'll be okay. But you are going to be shooting with a timer and you are going to have to be able to get hits in a specific amount of time. So not only do you need to shoot accurately, you do need to be able to do that with some speed. And the times have gotten uh, more lax over the years. You're going to start off... Uh, in baby steps. I mean, the very first drill that you do, there's static exercises and movement exercises. And there's 24 in total that you will do during your qualification to show show that you're competent with a handgun. And the first one is simply load and unload your firearm. So the instructor demonstrates how you're supposed to load and unload, and then the students practice it. And then it's draw, shoot one shot six times from 10 meters with no time limit. So now we're using that as a gauge of your competency and handling and uh, and your um, accuracy. So that you know, people uh, say that I want to take a black badge course so I can get my holster qualification. The first thing you start doing with your firearm in a black badge after you load and unload, you're immediately drawing a loaded gun. So different instructors are going to spend a different amount of time uh, teaching you how to draw, and that is actually demonstrated in the classroom during the. Uh, the night before when you're going through the manual, I forget what page it's on, but they show you how to draw your gun in the classroom. Uh, I think good instructors will then demonstrate it again on the range, and uh, they will also have the students practice it dry a few times to make sure there are no numpties on the line that are, 
you know, sweeping themselves when they draw the gun. I don't think anybody jumps right in and says, all right, load, make ready, unload, load, make ready, unload. Great. Now, load your gun, holster, draw, shoot, right? Everybody, I think, does some dry fire practice on the on the draw first. So anyway, moving up, uh, the fourth thing you're going to do, Adriel, is the first one under time, and it's three seconds. So they're going to give you three seconds to draw and shoot one shot into a target 10 meters away. Three seconds, like Matthew and I will demonstrate this, and uh, we have such a hard time to... I know, slowing down to three seconds yeah. is like insanely hard to do yeah when you've been shooting for a few years and you know you can get your first shot off I'm yeah not, trevor's like okay go bang okay now do it properly all oh, right okay <laughs> yeah go yeah. one two bang there you go <laughs> yeah usually by about the second or third time i can get to 2.5 to 2.8 yeah it takes you it takes you a while to get there though <laughs> yeah it does it's funny <laughs> but it's perfect like yep. The grip is perfect. The presentation is perfect. The press is perfect. The, the the hit is nice. Yeah. So they they will take you know they'll they'll take you from a pretty basic understanding of shooting handguns to one where you'll be competent. But it really is better if you're competent before you get there. You yeah. should really know how to shoot. Um, it's not a handgun class. It's, it's an IPSC class. It's an it's how to shoot IPSC. It's not how to shoot handguns. Unfortunately, all too often it turns into a how to shoot handguns because people show up unprepared and they don't know how to shoot their handgun yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, you mentioned it's for IPSC. Is is the black badge used for anything else, or is it just an IPSC? Like, do you it was d- developed by IPSC Canada for Canadians who want to shoot IPSC. It's specific to shooting IPSC in Canada. However, unfortunately. We have a lot of people across the country that sign up for black badge courses so that they can gain skills to do other things. Now, that says that there is a need for training in Canada. That's why guys like Matthew and I and Rick Woods and Andrew Vincent, um, we are starting to offer training classes for people because you shouldn't be in a black badge course if you have no interest or no intention of shooting IPSC. You're taking, especially in places like Ontario, where it's hard to get into a black badge, please stay out of a black badge unless you want to become a, a committed IPSC shooter because you're taking a spot away from somebody else who's been waiting for months to get in yep. and actually wants to shoot IPSC. Nova Scotia basically makes you sign a piece of paper that says, I'm not going to waste the instructor's time and then not show up again. <laughs> so... Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do a little bit more IPSC just to uh, just to focus on my pistol and, and to get more uh, trigger time in a shorter period of time because uh, you'll, there's, there's just not enough uh, pistol uh, courses around here. You'll also just you'll gain a better understanding of action shooting sports when you participate in one. And you're going to look at your stage design in three gun differently. You're going to look at your match management, your squatting, everything differently. If you've got a bunch of untrained action shooters doing outlaw three gun it can be a, a shit show of a circus it really can if you've got guys that are trained and then have worked with trained ro's your three gun matches step up in quality yeah well i've already noticed a couple of rules that uh that they they have in the ipsic rule book that uh are are different than what we have in our three guns so yeah so it's going to be a matter of uh, of upping those we've already been, i've already been talking to the three gun guys about um Either potentially joining Three Gun Nation or moving to practice score and and taking the the Three Gun Nation rule set on. So, yeah, I mean it, it's it's exactly like what you were mentioning there, just going from outlaw to 
more of a rule set. And Ipsic has <laughs> Ipsic has a lot of rules. Like the, their rule book is thick. Yeah, it accounts for a lot of stuff in there. It does. Um, we we like the USPSA multi-gun rules. There's fewer rules than Ipsic, but USPSA and Ipsic are virtually interchangeable. So that's why we gravitated towards at my club. I can't speak for the other clubs in New Brunswick, but we run a USPSA multi-gun because it's very, very close to IPSC. All the rules for disqualification are the same, like the, the movement and manipulating the firearm with your finger in the guard or reloading on the move with your finger in the guard, stuff like that is all the same as IPSC. So we're all the arrows are already very familiar with all of that. The reason we adopted USPSA multi-gun uh, over IPSC, two reasons. IPSC doesn't have multi-gun. IPSC has rifle rules, shotgun rules, and they have rules that govern the grand tournament. The grand tournament is three stages shotgun, three stages rifle, three stages pistol, and then you combine the scores from each of those little, basically each one is a match. It's a short, medium, long course fire for each firearm, and then you combine all the all the points to come up with a, an overall winner. That apparently is very convoluted uh, and difficult to, to figure out if you've not gone through it before. So we use multi, USPSA multi-gun because we can put all three guns in the same stage. And USPSA multi-gun has very clear rules on the definitions of staging and abandoning a firearm. When you can and cannot go downrange of a firearm that is uh, loaded on a stage. Interesting. Short and sweet, but very concise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... I think that's important to make a, make a, a course that's easy to administer as well as easy to shoot because yeah. So. Yeah, I'm noticing <laughs> there's a lot of rules in IPSC and uh, it, it seems like it would be easy to, to get DQ'd just because like the, the onus is completely on the competitor uh, to not get DQ'd, right? Absolutely. It always is, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we had one guy uh, get DQ'd in our squad on Sunday and mm-hmm. he asked me a question that always makes me scratch my head as an instructor. Uh, and I've been asked more than once, so I don't fault this guy. I think it must be a problem in how the course is delivered because it's not the first person to be DQ'd and then turn to the arrow and go, am I done for the day or am I just done for the stage? Yeah. And no, you're disqualified, you're disqualified. Like you're, yeah. mm-hmm. you're out of the match. And I don't think that's a question that they should be asking. They but should know the- that. They should no, know what's that. in there. Yeah, but I've been asked it before, and I've seen it asked before. Mm. So, know your yeah, rules. Well, I mean, the things that I I, I would say is um, uh, you're not you're not allowed to help the competitor, and that means like you're not allowed to stop them from DQing themselves. So if they, uh, you know, if uh, one of the questions I think was in the rule book is, uh, uh, you know, if, if if the RO says uh, range is going hot and you start loading, it's like, well, you didn't you didn't load when when they're saying load and make ready kind of a thing but we've had that brought up actually um, at our AGM mm-hmm. uh, somebody like I think it was brought up at the NEC meeting and then the region or the section coordinators for the provinces have asked the ROs if you're going to say that say it after load and make ready hmm. mm-hmm. Be- because people are taking their guns out on the ranges going hot which is not a command and mm-hmm. if you take your gun out on the loaded on the ranges going hot and you get DQ'd, I don't feel bad for you. No, I mean, you were taught that. Load and make ready is the command you're waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was so. the, uh, that was what I, what I took out of it. But, you know, it's just weird. I mean, and, and when I RO at, at three gun, we said, uh, uh, load and make ready. And then range is going hot, eyes and ears kind of thing at the same time, right? So it's just. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's a courtesy. I don't even know that I, 
I mean, I say it sometimes. To I've always squad, said it. But yeah, I've always said it. That's the first thing I always say is range is going hot. And, and the reason why I yell it loudly the way I do is because I want to see if anybody's downrange. Yeah, you're right, Matthew. That's, That's like, why I do it because yeah. I've seen that video where the guy's yeah. patching and the guy's running through shooting, and it's like, yeah. what oh, the yeah. heck? Like, so okay. I, I yell loudly, range is going hot, and then I take a step to the right and a step to the left to make sure that there's nothing obstructing my view, and I get a, I see all of downrange to make sure nobody's there. Mm. So, you know, that's why I do it, and that's why I'm going to continue to do it, because I would rather somebody pull their gun out when I say load and make ready than somebody get shot because they're downrange still. Yep. No, you're right. That's, yeah. I, uh, yeah, so I agree. Adriel, what else you got? Um, well, I mean, you guys have seen me shoot. Like, uh, what uh, what would you say I need to work on the most before uh, handgun before shooting I get out there? <laughs> yeah, I know that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some handgun shooting. My accuracy's better. I'm, I'm it really is. No, that. I just like teasing. Yeah, um, you're definitely prepared for this. You're, yeah, this. you're ready to yeah. go. Yeah, you were definitely yeah. prepared for this. Your um, your the like for for you you you're going to work on refining movements coming in and out of shooting positions which target to engage first when coming into a position what one to leave on to to minimize the amount of movement and maximize the efficiency in your transitions uh mag changes stuff like keeping the gun up while moving from one position to the other those are little things you're going to work on for other people it's you know can you get 10 shots on that piece of paper that Matthew described at that distance? And then it's, you know, are are you safe? You know, you don't know what you don't know. And do you have bad habits? Are you self-taught? Um, are you reloading your gun while looking at your feet? Are you pointing the gun at your feet while you're reloading there, loading the gun? You know, do you have uh, have bad habits that need to be addressed? You know, if you're serious about it, you will spend some time with an instructor beforehand. I was taking video of myself in February and March and my black badge was in May and I had all of my high speed gear, the CR speed mag pouches and holster and belt and all that stuff and a gun for Ipsic um, and was sending videos to uh, the, who I was told was the best shooter in the province. Yeah, so, and I, you know what? It's no problem, Trev. I, I didn't mind critiquing you. I appreciate it very much <laughs> and, I, and, I, and you know, I owe a lot of my success to you. I really do. About a quarter of a percent. About a quarter so, of a percent. Well, that's yeah. being generous. In fact, you're, you're welcome. So, <laughs> so yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And um, anyone who's self-taught or has little experience, if you can get some help beforehand, so that they can look at what you're doing, because you may not know what you're doing is unsafe. God help you, right? Let's face it. Um, the amount of handling you need to do of a firearm to get a license does not prepare you for this kind of thing. It prepares you for standing on a controlled line at a range with a range officer being supervised. But that's often not the reality. We, we, go to the, we go to the range and we shoot by ourselves a lot of times, depending on, on your province and your range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I watched some, I was, I was lucky enough this time to videotape myself and, and a couple of my buddies that were uh, shooting at this three-gun match. And one of the things I noticed was uh, I'm shooting and waiting to see and confirm the hit before moving to the next position. And I think this, like, at, at this uh, course, what I'd like to do is shoot and move and shoot and move. And if I have to go back, so be it, I'll go back and, and shoot again. But I, like, it was painful watching my video replay because there was so much time I was leaving by not transitioning immediately when I was finished my shot and uh, transitioning to the next target. 
so you're not uh, confident enough yet in your shot calling ability, you've got to know where your sight was when you press the trigger, and that will come with practice. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get to the point where uh, I and Matthew are now, where we do a lot of point shooting. We don't. I, there were some times in Woodstock where I didn't even see the gun. I was looking at the target and watching the holes appear in the target and then transitioning. Like, Well, those were pretty awkward shooting positions too, though. So, No, no, this was some of the close stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not the one where we went around the wall. That was a little silly. So, um, you know, Adriel, I've got a letter that I send out to the shooters to remind them, you know, um, that what they need to bring to the range. Uh, we always tell people, okay, yes, obviously bring a clean, lubricated firearm. Bring enough magazines for the course. Bring enough ammunition for the course. And I ask the competitors, the students ahead of time, do you reload for this firearm? I don't assume they have years of reloading experience. I might want to check out their ammunition ahead of time. And if that ammunition looks sketchy and dangerous or, you know, potentially dangerous, like if, I, if I'm teaching a noob that I've never seen before and he gets this, like one squib, that's it. Your ammo's out. You either find some factory ammo or ammo from somebody I know we can trust, or I'm not letting you continue because you're not blowing up a gun in my in my course with a squib load or a double charge. So make sure that you've got good quality ammunition, either remanufactured ammo or brand new factory ammo. Um, be prepared for all kinds of weather. This is Canada. It could be 5 degrees in the morning and 25 in the afternoon. So you might need both layers of clothing and sunscreen. Um, bring any meds with you that you may need uh, if you're a diabetic or something. Uh, Everybody needs to bring lots of food, lots of water, rain gear, because we're just going to keep going. Uh, So get to the range, prepared to be there all day. Bring a cleaning kit, spare parts if you have any. I'd rather see you bring more stuff that you don't need than need stuff that you didn't bring. Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've, I've been to a couple of uh, uh, other matches, so I've got my kind of range kit all ready to roll. So I'll uh, I'll add in some food and uh, oh, what's it going to be like this weekend? Uh, all right, fifteen to twenty, eighteen, somewhere around there. Oh, that's okay. I mean, we even we even have even had to tell people, you know, make sure you bring pants that have belt loops. Somebody really? shows up. Yeah, somebody yeah we've up. had people come up in uh, sweatpants before. Sweatpants, yeah, it's like, know? yeah, how are you going to put your belt on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah proper yeah. footwear yeah. is important. No open-toed shoes, definitely. No. And no low-cut shirts, uh, Adriel. Yep. You, do <laughs> you don't want that hot brass going down there. Where my yeah. Otherwise, Trevor goes down your cleavage to get it. But I'm just trying to save you. I'm just trying to save you. Yeah. And cop a feel. Well, yes. I mean, that... If it happens, it happens, you know, whatever. Right, as a as a byproduct of me trying to save you from getting burned on your As a hand. concerned RO, though, I mean, it's expected. It is, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm asking all these questions. Kelly, have you done your uh, IPSC uh, black badge? Uh, no. This is Ontario, remember? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't yet. She so. had to sign up at birth to get in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, like this one, I, I signed up for it uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. Um, and, and there's still spots open for it. So just fly down here and, and, and take it here. Problem is, Ontario doesn't cooperate well with other provinces. Oh, I see. Hmm. Yeah. So that's one of the things. If you do have your black badge in other provinces, you can move through the country and participate in courses. Yeah, it's funny. You're You're allowed to... If my black badge was taught to me in Nova Scotia and I'm from Nova Scotia and I moved to BC, 
I'm allowed to shoot there. I don't have to take it again. Right. But some provinces absolutely require that you take your black badge from them. Mm-hmm. Once you have it, you can go anywhere, but you can't right. take it anywhere. Does that make sense to anyone? Mm-hmm. Makes sense to someone. No. <laughs> no <laughs> to, to someone. Not this one. No. But, uh, no. At the charity shoot, we had a squad that was going to be shooting at uh, a match that was at Frontenac. And they were allowing people who had black badges, but if you were American, you didn't need your black badge. You just needed to have been part of, uh, what is it, U.S.? You needed to be a USPSA member. Right. So Canada is the only one that actually has black badge. That is correct. The only country in the world that requires you to have a black badge course before you can participate in IPSEC. Right. Hmm. So one of the recommendations is that you guys have is go to a handgun fundamental course before going to one, right? No, not necessarily an actual course. Find out. Unless it's our course, in which case, yes. Then it's a requirement, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to take, (laughs) so let's say you join the Rescuers Gun Club and you're going to take your black badge at the Rescuers Gun Club, find out who the black badge instructors are in that club and um, see if you can get some time with them on the range before the class. Right. And the drills, print them off beforehand, run through them. Helpful. Obviously. It would be, but I don't know if it's necessary. Um, I mean, if you're eager, go nuts. I mean, the extra shooting is not going to hurt you as long as you make sure you're not teaching yourself anything wrong. Uh, but uh, I would I would probably just go out and practice with just a simple 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. Just stick that up and go different distances and just see how fast you can get all your hits on it. That, right. That's, that's going to prepare you, you know, as much as you need to be prepared, if not more than most people. In my opinion, yeah. Okay. But you mentioned a couple of different shooting positions there, Trevor. You mentioned kneeling and prone. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've shot my pistol prone yet. Hmm, interesting. See where that goes. <laughs> I always find, you know, when you when you try something new, sometimes it, it it works just without thinking about it, and sometimes it's just it just mentally incapacitates you, and you just can't get your hits on target no matter how hard you try. So I hope prone's not one of those ones for me. Yeah, you get a couple tries at it. Don't worry, you'll get you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you you guys had mentioned there's a classroom portion of this. What else can I expect uh, when I kind of hit this up? At the in the classroom. Yeah, there's going to be a classroom portion where I assume we're going to be like reading the manual together or, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. there's the hope if it's done well, there'll be some videos, there'll be some discussion of the rules, there'll be uh, the, you know, they'll go through the manual briefly through the the important bits of it. They're um. There, there definitely should be discussion because adults learn best by sharing ideas with e- with each other. The Black Badge program is actually, you know, rooted in good pedagogy. It it explains it to you, it demonstrates it to you, and then allows you to do it under the supervision of an instructor, which is how any concept should be taught. It's the old Chinese proverb, tell me and I will forget, show me and I'll remember, let me do and I will learn. And that's how a black badge is supposed to be taught. And it's right there on like page two after the safety rules. You will be, um, have the concepts explained to you. You will have them demonstrated for you. And then you'll be allowed to perform them under close supervision of an instructor. So, but Friday night in the classroom, there should be a lot of discussion among the group. The um, instructor should be a facilitator. You guys were supposed to have looked at your material ahead of time. And so he should kind of lead you through discussions and share some common experiences about what you've read. And you guys should kind of learn from each other as much as the instructor. Cool. And then for the practical point of it? But he'll probably just read to you. Uh, (laughs) The the practical component 
is uh, it's kind of like what you experienced with Matthew and I. Instructor's going to get you guys on the line and check your gear and have you shooting drills and have you shooting them under the clock. Easy. Matthew yeah, Matthew easy. will, of course, make fun of me, and I'll make fun of him, and we'll both make fun of you. And Yeah, like if Matthew. you come to one of our Black Badge courses, you're going to be entertained at the same time as learn stuff. Um, we don't guarantee that you'll get that same experience elsewhere. Your, 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 your mileage may vary. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see how uh, Tony from Peace River does here in uh, you know Alberta. But essentially, it will be um, the static movement should take you until about lunch, depending on whether or not there are reshoots and how the reshoots are handled. So um, reshoots are, let's say, okay, you've got 10 people in the class. The timer is, is set to go off. Beep, draw, shoot one shot. Okay. So at three seconds, when everyone's done, we look at the timer, and if it took more than three seconds, well, that means somebody is too slow. We try, So we'll have everybody do it a couple of times, but after a while, we'll narrow it down to the person who's slow, and we'll either have them continue to reshoot it, or we'll check it off and have them come back later, because the class has to move forward. And unless we have a safety concern or some major concern, we'll just simply mark it on their sheet and come back to it later. Our experience has been that uh, once you get all the static shooting done, there's been a lot of ex- lot of trigger time, and then we go to lunch, and we come back in the afternoon, we do the, the movement drills. So now you're going to do your turns, your 90-degree turn, your 180 turn, so it's turn, draw, and you've got three targets. So you shoot two in one target, two in the next target, two in the next target, and then you perform a reload and do it again. It's it's basically a mosaic. It's uh, what is it, Matthew? Uh, El Presidente. Okay. Yeah, sure. So you've got three targets, ten meters, two, 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 reload, two, two, two. So now we've we've put multiple targets into the equation. We've put turning into the equation, and we've put reloading into the equation. So we've taken those are all things that you did. Um, static in the morning, and now we're incorporating them into movement. You've You've drawn, you've shot, you've drawn and you've shot two shots, you've drawn and you've shot two shots at two targets, now we've added movement, we're simply turning, and then we start moving forward, and then we start moving backwards, and then laterally, and stuff like that. So when all that's done, Adriel, anyone who wasn't uh, making their time in the morning uh, has gotten more comfortable with the gun, and they usually always get their reshoots in the afternoon. I've only ever had one person not get through the qualifiers on Saturday. They just, they just weren't getting their hits at almost any distance. They were, they, were, they were flinching so bad, they were putting rounds into the dirt from 10 meters. Mm-hmm. So we did just, we just, we just cut them loose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. The 10 meters, not the cutting loose part. But right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you see it sometimes on the range. Okay, cool. Any, uh, any last thoughts on, uh, on prepping for the black badge? Uh, you can do it. You you can do it. <laughs> dry, dry fire practice is always great. If you've uh, got got time ahead of time, do some dry fire practice. You can videotape your dry fire practice and have it analyzed. Send it to Trevor, though, not me. Practice your mag changes, <laughs> practice your draws. And then really that's all I was doing was practicing mag changes, practicing my draws, and uh, tracking the front sight and pressing the trigger and making sure that I was seeing the front sight every time I pressed the trigger. Yep. Huge... Watch your watch your front sight. Yeah, if you don't see the front sight during dry fire practice, You're don't press the trigger. You're yeah. just wasting your time. That's it. You're turning noise into wasted time. You're turning time into <laughs> clicks. 
Yes. Wasteful money into noise and no, uh, no, there's no, no money in there's dry no fire. No money in dry fire. No, unless you get paid a lot mm. sitting at home doing nothing. Very slowly wearing out the striker on that thing. That's true. So it's actually negative money. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay, well, I just wanted to uh, thank you guys again for coming on, and uh, hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. We'll, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to come back sometime and uh, and talk to you more about this, uh, maybe a bit more in depth or something. Awesome. I I probably won't be back. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got an idea. <laughs> What's that? We wanted you guys to stick around for the rest of the show as well. Awesome. Uh, oh, I, was hoping <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> I was going to trash talk them after they went. Okay, I guess I guess yeah. we'll keep them on. Guess you'll just have to trash talk us now. <laughs> no, not me. I'm a. <laughs> uh, did he actually hang up? No, nah, I'm just he kidding. Muted. I just muted my mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get on to some listener feedback. I'll take this oh, first one. This one's from Spencer. Trevor, get the PPQ M2. I have it in 45 ACP and love it. It's. Uh, not quite as ergonomic as the FNS, but the grip is just as good as the VPN, even without the side panels. The trigger is better than the FNS, better than the VP9. Probably one of the best polymer gun triggers I've ever shot. It's also stunningly accurate and lands pretty low on the flipperosity scale. Mm. Hopefully you will spend my Patreon pledge of $7.62 wisely and not just blow it on booze. Oops, Spencer in Smyrna. We promise nothing, Spencer. And also, is this really from Spencer? Because yes. I've never seen him send three sentences before. It's always <laughs> like three pages. He did actually say just a quick note in the um, uh, subject line. Oh, well, that's still, he's done that before too. Just a quick <laughs> note, guys. Did I tell you about the history of the... Oh, my. Uh, I don't ever want him to change. He's no, he's awesome. Us. Yeah, he's yeah. been with us forever. I, d- I just like giving a hard time because he's, he's far away and I'm safe. So. Didn't he give us the flukes? Yes. He, quite yes. possibly, yeah. Here's some flukes for you. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some flukes. But um, thank you for the seven, 72, 76 by 2. 76-2. yeah. Yeah, I wish it was 76-2. That'd be awesome. No, that's that's awesome. And somebody actually upgraded their Patreon recently from 556 to 762. Uh, Did they, I remember somebody went from two to three out of three. Yeah. Uh, two to two point two three. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody awesome. did three out of three too, right? Yes, we had a three yeah. out of three last week. Yeah. Yeah, we like the calibers. Yeah, I think yeah. I thought Kevin changed his recently. I wonder if yeah, someone's going to send a fifty Beowulf sometime. Yeah. No, that could be fifty cents. I mean, no, I want it the other way. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um. So Spencer, I'm definitely going to get the PPQ, but I'm going to get it in five inch. Um, I've got the five inch FN. I want the five inch PPQ, and uh, you know I wouldn't mind a, an MNP Pro and a Glock 34 while I'm at it. This will happen in time eventually, probably. What do you do with all of them? They all do the same thing. It's called a collection. Yeah. <laughs> do you have like just? But one they're box? like working guns. They're like beat them up and get them out there and oh, blast yeah. with them. Well, it's, and... it's like the redneckery of of guns. You know how rednecks have like the old cars. All through the yard, it would be like having an F one fifty and a Chevy. Yeah, have an F one fifty. Yeah, but that's kind of the same idea. I've got yeah. the I've got the Dodge, I've got the Ford, I got the Chev. Yeah. No, I mean, I, uh, yeah. Do I need? Uh, I don't know. What do you want from me? I don't understand. What do I got to justify? <laughs> Just an answer. Just an answer. Just, well, then my answer is shut your face hole. All right. Well, hey, there you go. <laughs> that's an answer. answer. <laughs> All right. Thank no, you. I got two. I got. By two the way, you, we don't want you to continue with us for the rest of the show. If you want to just 
<laughs> oh, we can move on? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Five-inch striker-fired pistols, man. Fun new thing. There we well, go. That's now interesting. I only have two, and I need more. I've cool. never owned an M&P Pro or a Glock 34. No, no, oh, that's surprising. You've never you know what they're saying? You know the uh-huh. saying, beware of the man with one gun because he knows how to use it? Uh-huh. It's not Trevor. It's not Trevor. Trevor knows how to use all his guns. <laughs> That's true, though. It's true. <laughs> uh, two FNs, two 10-fold wheels, two Glocks. So that means if I get a Walther, i got to get the... you got to get two of them. Uh, i got to get the, the carry size and the 5-inch. Yeah, that's a rule. Yeah. Well, we found out that um, the SIG P320 in 40 caliber, that mag will hold 12 hmm. rounds of 9 mil. We know this now. All right. Awesome. Cool. Not enough for me, but uh, if you'd like to uh, send the show an email and tell me to shut my face, you can send that to <laughs> slamfireradio at gmail.com. iTunes or, reviews. Or just be a host. Or just yeah, be a host. Then you can just tell them then. <laughs> yeah, anytime you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy checked. There were none as of 3.40 this afternoon. No iTunes reviews. No wah, iTunes. Wah. Yep. Right. No iTunes reviews. Well, if you want to leave us one of those... Uh, leave it on iTunes. That's kind of the platform of choice these days for leaving reviews. Uh, there's uh, a star rating in there, and the correct one to choose is five. Uh, and you can leave a five-star rating for you for us. Uh, we'll probably read your uh, review on air. So far, we've got 145 star reviews, 108 from Canada, 28 from the U.S., one from Australia, one from the U.K., one from Lithuania, and one from Belgium. Mm. Very cool. Chocolate. Mm. Mm. Shoutouts. Uh, I have one to James Bork for coming to visit uh, my wife and I last night. We spent the night in Moncton last night. Almost ended up at a... Um, oh. Jail? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, it was bad. It was so bad. The restaurant was bad. The hotel was worse. Like It was the kind of hotel I really fully expected to find a dead hooker in the tub. I totally... A little disappointed. Because I believe, you know, <laughs> Cause like, because, yeah, because it should, <laughs> everything else was in place. The dead hooker should have been there, but wasn't. So I was a little let down. There were some harsh words. Anyway, uh, yeah, we got ripped off. We had to pay for the hotel anyway. And like, she wanted to charge us for the room ahead of time. And I'm like, there's the first warning sign. And I called her on. I'm like, you want us to pay for the room now? What if we don't like the room? Oh, you'll like the room. It's nice. Ten minutes later, I walked to the front desk. I'm like, here are your keys. We're out. See you later. Places a dive. There's a cockroach hanging from dental floss in the bathroom. That's terrible. Yeah, but anyway, James came. It was ashamed of where it was at living. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, James came to visit us when we were having dinner, so that was cool. So he comes in, he sits at the table, and I'm like, are you going to get something or whatever? Are you just going to sit there and hang out? Yeah, maybe I'll order a drink. This is funny. The waitress comes over and goes, yeah, I'll have a water. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) I don't blame him. It's the only thing that was fit to consume in that place and uh gallon was gonna come visit me and gallon has an awesome story i i won't share it but there's a new story involving story time with gallon and it's work related and it was it was so funny but he was gonna come visit us but after the whole hotel fiasco i told gallon to just maybe not come <laughs> we'll see him next time and final shout out goes to matt lorette for shooting his first moose him and his father went moose hunting and uh he shot a nice cow moose with a 30 out six from about 150 yards away. Nice. Yep. Cool. That's it for me. I'm back. Yay! <laughs> we didn't realize you left. Yeah. Oh, it's geez. not true. I did realize you left. Anyway, do you have any shout outs? I do. 
I have a couple. I want to say hello to Christopher McLaughlin. He's one of the field uh, officers for Halifax, I think he is. Anyways, I met him on, on the weekend at the ladies' shoot. And he's also a listener, by the way. He came up and said, hey, you're Kelly. And I said... And you're like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remembered I was wearing my Slamfire shirt. Anyways. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Just wanted to say hey to him. And, uh, yeah, I hope you had a good trip back to Nova Scotia. Awesome. And... The other shout-out I have is for Brian and Ken from Modern Rifleman Radio. You guys really, really need to get a show up. kind of miss listening to it. Just saying. It has been a long time. It has been. <laughs> Speaking of a long time, this show's been going on forever. <laughs> forever? It's like we're at two hours already. All right, let's put on the afterburners here. <laughs> Our Patreon supporters, we have two new supporters this week. We have uh, Miss Stacy, who's supporting us for 7.62, and awesome. Spencer C. Thought the same thing, 7.62. Sweet. You guys rock. They're, Thank you very Americans. much. They're added to our current Oh, is that 762 Canadian or 762 American? Because that's like $28 uh, Canadian. Yeah. Oh, no. Great. Yeah. No. That's awesome. Hmm. I'll look later. Uh, they're added to our current Patreon supporters, Jonathan S., Tyler A., Richard D., Rob B., Thomas S., Chad G., Kevin L., who changed his contribution to 556. Nice. Ryan awesome. B., Adrian R., and Mike R., Mark P., Dust- uh, Justin D., and... Just playing Justin. 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 Just playing Justin. Just playing Justin. Justin. Did you get Rob B., too? I don't, it just... Yes, there's oh, okay. two Robbies in there. He he had upped his contribution to 2.23. There, there are two Robbies. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was a message uh, with Rob B that he had sent in with his Patreon. Which Rob B though? Rob B one oh, or Rob B two? The Rob B that left the message. We should just call yeah, him Robbie. That one. All right. Robbie. Robbie. Robbie yeah. says, "G'day guys and good morning, Kelly. Here's another two <laughs> good thumbs morning. up." Good <laughs> morning. Uh, he's, he's dyslexic, obviously. <laughs> Or he's from Australia, and it is morning I think there now. He is. From he Australia. did say good day, and he oh, is going to say good morning. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to make fun of the good night thing. Carry on. Oh, so weird. Uh, here's another two thumbs up wombat this time for you, and another dead dingoes. You know the rest. <laughs> Keep up the good work, and more Ipsic, please. But only production with CZ seventy five. CZ. Come on, Rob. <laughs> you should know better than that. You're from Australia. <laughs> And he's got a raffle mayo in there, rolling the floor, <laughs> puffing my butt off. Yep. yep. Yes. There we go. Yeah, if you'd like to support us, yeah, just head on over to the uh, slamfireradio.com. We've got a link to our Patreon, and uh, we're going to be talking actually today about what to do with all these people who are uh, who are patrons of ours. I, I definitely think that you know the levels of um, support are going to be tied into the amount of um, bonus material they achieve. And so it's like the bigger the bullet that you support us with, the more, the, the more. The bigger uh, the hole in your soul that we're going to rip away from you. <laughs> yeah, with uh, bonus material. So it'll be like, if you support us at the two two three level, you get this much. If you support us at the seven five five six and two two three, got to get the same thing though. They, that oh, good call, Trevor. Mm, right? So everybody, so everybody's going to change their five five sixes to two two threes. Oh, wrong call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah, I regardless of their contribution, I'm thankful for all of the guys who Absolutely. Uh, I mean and gals because we've got a gal now too, so yep. Miss Stacy. Uh, yeah. I have a feeling that's the Apple Princess. It is. All right. I'm I'm ninety ninety two percent certain of that. Yeah. The other one. So. Yeah, all our our coke <laughs> habits. There can be are only one, Kelly. So. 
you know, it's good to get the money in. You, yeah. You can be the Canadian, uh, the Canadian queen. You can be and the. She's apple. the princess. Yeah. The American apple seed princess. You can be the Canadian maple seed queen because we have a queen. Yes. Because we're Commonwealth, unlike exactly. those ungrateful and I, separatists <laughs> to our south. <laughs> and Kelly is the first female Canadian to uh, earn a, a rifleman's. Rifle persons. <laughs> Rifle persons. <laughs> yeah. We're not politically correct here, except that we nope. just were. <sighs> so that's what makes you the queen. There we there go. There you go. All right. Let's, ra- let's wrap this thing up. Yes, please. <clears throat> if you'd like to join one of our national firearms associations, please go ahead and join the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those that support us. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. That's a forum where you can uh, check us out. We've got kind of like this thread thing in there where we post all of our shows and you can see what we're up to and comment on there. Like us on Facebook. We're at uh, right around 1,528 likes. Uh, we've got uh, 110 thumbs up, 20 gold stars and counting. Two flukes, four manatee flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, one safe space, one HK logo, two hobbit thumbs, five duckbills, two squirrel nuts, and two wombat thumbs. Two wombat thumbs. And a dead dingo. <laughs> dead dingo. Dead dingo's appendage. The dingo oh, ate my bite. Oh, right. Another dead dingo. Oh, I remember. Yeah, no, we don't count those. The dead dingoes? <laughs> nope. The, the, the dingo ate my baby reminded me of a uh, stage that's going to be in the three gun match. It's going to involve a gorilla. Excellent. And an Ipsic mini target. I, I like it already. Oh, I've got a pair of sights I could send you that you could give to the winner of that stage. Perfect. All right. The gorilla sights. Nice. Have, you, have, you, have I shown you those? No. Hold oh. them up to the mic so we can all see. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Eric, can you see them? Well, no, they're, uh, they're Harambe backup sights that you nice. can put on your, uh, on your rifle. Harambe backup sights. <laughs> Uh, and then the name of the stage is either going to be Harambe's Revenge or Someone Save My Baby. <laughs> oh, I like Someone Save My Baby. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be Save My Baby, and it's going to be Gar- or Harambe and an Ipsic mini target. I love Beauty. it. <laughs> you figure out who gets shot. Uh, awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's say goodnight, everyone. Goodnight, everyone. everyone. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. I am going to start recording, too. <clears throat> First off, this is my mic here, right? Yes, that yeah, sounds like a mic to me. Yeah, don't do that during the show and you'll be fine. No, dude, is this that thing on? Is that the one? So I'm using, I'm using some, a different headset and it's got its own microphone. I want to make sure that it, this is not my microphone. No, I don't hear anything right now. Good. Okay. You're recording, right? I am. Hello and welcome to Slamfire Radio. Oh yeah, no. it was a little bit hot. You're excited, down, buddy. Sunshine. You're excited. Let's <laughs> dial her back six notches. Yeah. One seventy three guys. Come on, let's get pumped up. You're oh, right. Really? Let's let's maybe up. maybe you're word right. is not pumped up enough. That's you're probably gonna, the problem. You know what's gonna happen is in post audio you're gonna be like spiking all over the place again. Dial it back. Turn your mic okay. down. Something. Yeah, that's right. Okay. No, you're too quiet. 
It's fine. All right. Isn't it? Yeah, is it now fine? it is. Yeah, well, say, 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 be excited again. Well, it's because he was excited and he had that big breath of, you know. Yeah, that's all it was. Because you've been sounding good up until then. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Just a little bit more. You keep uh, using that word. I'm not sure you know what it means. What word? Perfect. Who? You. No. That's perfect. You're perfect, Trevor. See? Aww. Am I using it right? Proof positive. This show is perfect. I'm having a perfectly good time. Oh, man. Uh, All right. Let's get this thing rolling. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Slamfire Radio. That was much it's, better, wasn't it? Better, <laughs> but it was, was perfect. Was. That one was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be good. Yeah, sure you will. Bullcrap. crap.